For the record and for the benefit of any future legal case, Russell Brand. <laughs> Radio X. This is the Russell Brand podcast. You're going to enjoy listening to. The- oh, you're going to enjoy listening. Don't worry about that. Sorry about that. Not doing well. You're going to enjoy this show a great deal. It's going to be terrific stuff coming up. Emma Kenny, the psychiatrist, a manners expert. He won't let us down, will he? Not with his fantastic never, never, manners. Never, never, you can never. always rely on a man who's a professional manners expert to turn up and talk about manners. What was his name again? Pimlico Stan. <laughs> Dan Hanson from Pimlico. Dan Hanson, the manners expert, will be on that's as well. too much like damn handsome. He's damn, he is damn handsome. Well, that's his Twitter handle. And here is that radio show now. With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claims. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand. Radio X. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X, and it's this is an interesting day because it's not just the political landscape that's changed, it's the landscape here at Radio X. Improvements have been made, the world is shifted forever, there's no going back now, the genie is out of the bottle. You're listening to me, Russell Brand, on a Russell Brand show, and here with me, for once, overcoming a great many hangovers... No, I'm, I'm clean and serene, baby. Clean and serene, Matthew Morgan, and a poet that can rhyme more words than clean and serene, not just because he's not been drunk for a while, but because he's an actual poet, Mr G. All right, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Glad to be here. Um, it's been a while, so... Um, what, what have yeah. you been doing? Why weren't you here I've been out time? campaigning. I've been... Ca- all the things we can't haven't been able to mention And you Kip didn't get a single right? seat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for all your work. Exactly. Where's your UKIP now? Right on. I'm I'm moving next door to Nigel Farage, right? You know, but um, there. That's what I've been doing. So I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't make the last um episode. Assuming for Labour, was it? Yeah, yeah, I'm all redded up, man. All red flag. Can you say that now? Yeah, can we say that? that? Guess what? All the last few weeks where we weren't going, Corbyn, yeah, Corbyn. (laughs) Guess what we were thinking? Corbyn, Corbyn, Corbyn. Chatting about bees. Oh, Oh, we don't care about bees. (laughs) We care about the hard left. We care about the redistribution of wealth, the dismantling of the capitalist system. Bring it down, man. (laughs) Bring it right down. The rich. Yeah, there will be a cut-off point for the amount of rich we wouldn't negotiate that. Now, <laughs> hold on a minute, let's see if I can still do my job. Oh, can, do you know the buttons? I know the buttons, mate. Oh, do I know oh, the buttons? Oh, wow, revolution. So you did a show without us? Yeah. Yeah, and I must say, Gareth Roy did very, very well. So did Neil. Neil's with his family today. Gareth, you did well, mate. In fact, as a small reward, which is your microphone? Is that you? No. Is that you? No. That's that not you? you. Yes. Yeah, Thanks, Gareth, for being there. It's a real pleasure. Gareth, oh, makes I'm on the air. Oh, <laughs> Look at that. Let's see. <laughs> While the cat's away. Exactly. All the mice have been playing. It's been like the pet shop boys in here. <laughs> well, Matt, where were you? Where were you? Um, I <clears throat> had a, we well, a tragic illness, which uh, lasted 24 hours. Mm. And then I bounced back. Fresh as a fiddle. Yep. <laughs> a fiddle. Some people would say... That some people, cynical people, might think it was 
to uh, do with Noel Gallagher's of a hangover, 50th birthday. I've been to the GP and I've got to do stool samples, so, in was your face. <laughs> I'll take those stool samples. Have you ever done a stool sample before, mate? No, I don't think I'm going to do these ones. You know it's those demeaning. ice creams, like if you have an ice cream yeah. in the cinema and you've got that little sticky, the little sort of plastic little spoon? spoon. Mm. Yeah. So with a serrated edge? <laughs> oh, no. Well, the one that had a serrated edge, I mean, obviously you don't get it direct from the source, as it were. Now, listen, How do you do it? I mean, let's not go into it. You get into yeah. a tub and then, you know, but like, but look, there, before we delve too into this world, we should say that we have got an etiquette expert coming on the show. Oh, Some would we? say with good reason, because the manners of Matt Morgan not turning out very bad, the manners of Mr G campaigning for UKIP, very, very <laughs> bad, not showing up. And Some, also, mm. who... We just saw Russell. We were told, well, me and G were worried because we might have to do the opening link. Well, oh, Russell's late. Oh, that's all right. He's, he's often late. No, he's driving himself. Oh, dear. <laughs> then, about five minutes before we went on air, yeah. we saw a mini, Russell's little mini. Mm. Not like that. He <laughs> 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 pulled his trousers down and showed us his little mini. No, he was coming he across Leicester Square. He becomes a maxi. <laughs> driving across Leicester Square. We were like, well, where is he? Oh, my God, there he is. And we all looked out the window, and there he was, breaking every law in the book. Things have changed now. Socialist Britain. Socialist Britain now. Do you think you <laughs> will actually get done for that? That's a pedestrian, a pedestrianised area, isn't it, really? That I drove across there. To we can we kill the bed. Kill the, kill the... Don't be so... How dare you do that step toe and son? Was it putting you off, mate? No, it's just, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's funny... Yeah, I like the bed. It's funny for a while. Because <laughs> 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 like, like. my whole career like that. <laughs> All right, so look, Eti, listen, guys, we're going to be... Like, yeah, I did drive directly in, but I drove very, very carefully and very, very cautiously because I'm a careful, cautious guy. So I'm strong and I'm stable. And that's what works <laughs> in this country these days. You need strong, stable old Russ. Okay, well, first Katie Hopkins is out. I mean, what's, what's next? Katie what? Hopkins actually said, you couldn't do this show on your own, could you? You need those monkeys next she to you. She referred yeah. to you as monkeys. Anyway, she was right, it did deteriorate. <laughs> <laughs> and I like your little leather waistcoat. I nearly called... It's not leather. Don't say that about me. What is it, then? What is it? Well, I stopped off in Soho, and some of our brothers in the gay community, <laughs> <laughs> I was driving so slowly, I made a few boyfriends. Hold you up. This isn't leather. I wouldn't wear that type of a leather garment. Wear leather on your belt and your shoes. Don't go all Gosh, vegan. look how cynical you are about life. What happened to you when you... Were, <laughs> what, you know what, what happened. Yeah, I, know, I know every single story. The, there was a crow in his wall. He was a magician's assistant, and he weed all over the place. It's turned him <laughs> into this. And by God, we're grateful, because I was thinking about it today, I think you might be the funniest person in the world. There. That's so silly. Well, I do think it. But, like, I think I've got unusual taste. Other people would probably might prefer, well, Richard Pryor's on G's T-shirt. Some people like him. <laughs> Frankie Boyle, Judd Apatow, who knows? Chaplin. But, it, you know, it takes all sorts. Now, we've got an etiquette expert coming on here. William Hansen is his name. Mm. Oh, and he's going to teach her. Because like, I, for example, don't have very good manners, do I? Well, I've got, I think I'm very good at please and thank you. Don't you think? Have you noticed? What do you think about my general well manners? Well done, you five-year-old. I don't mind please and thank you. I'm very good at please and thank you. <laughs> and my shoelaces. I've really, <laughs> I've really cracked those. No, don't you notice me? You see me. I'm out and about. What about well, it depends. Are we talking about etiquette or are we talking about what fork to use in a restaurant? That is etiquette, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, but that's the sort of hard... Is there a difference between manners and etiquette? I mean, this is why William Hansen's going to be brilliant. Because, like, what... Do you know the function of having me on? We want to raise the tone of this show. Oh, is that why? Is that come from above? I don't of course mean, he God. Does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Almighty, he speaks to me directly now. I've been having some pretty good visions. <laughs> Turn left. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> don't worry about that pedestrian asshole. <laughs> Lord, why do you talk like that? <laughs> 
And I'm like, I drove very, very, very carefully and cautiously. So we've got William Hansen. He's going to teach us how to raise the tone of the show. Like, you know, some of my burping and those kind of things. I've got a yeah. little on the bond. That's all you, though. Me and Matt are cool. No, you oh, I've got you don't even my show children. Up. Like, I do things that my children aren't allowed to do at the table. Like what? Burp and fart. <laughs> mm. And then I have... And I don't how really... do you maintain this? What do you... Like, how do you, if you do those things I wouldn't even say those words how do you then uh, how do you then justify because like, actually I'll be, I'll be I'll level with you I had my little daughter she was on my lap but I was on the floor and so she was on the floor she was between my legs and I thought I did need to do I needed to f- there was flatulence I thought it doesn't actually matter that's a social more it, so I Why just did it are you that polite in front of your daughter who's not even one Mm. Oh dear! Oh no, gosh. but I just meant I, was I need to break wind. Oh dear! <laughs> I have to oh. leave the house. Oh dear! What? Oh, better go to Hampton Court. I'll go to the very centre of the maze, and then I'll do it. Ah, sometimes on long winter nights, <laughs> Majesty. Oh, <no. laughs> um, no, well, no, but it was like doing it on her, essentially on her. You know, Did that I, don't care. I didn't care either, and I did it. But I just wondered. Anyway, we've got an etiquette. Some of the things we can ask: Is it wrong to eat on air? Is it wrong yes, to blow off the wrong. table? You eat is on it, air. Is it wrong to bl- blow off at the table and burp on the table, even though uh, you know you would say that it's not right to do it to? Can, I, can we ask him this? Because I always used to wonder this when I was a child. Mm. Is it okay to burp the words "pardon me"? Does oh, that, that's definitely does that, wrong. Is that that's making a mockery of manners? No, because that you've burped it. Right, mm. but it's then dealt You've with. Cancelled it out in the moment. I think that. No, I don't think so. I think I think actually that he'll worse. never have been asked that. You, <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're going to have William Hansen on a knife edge with that kind of line of inquiry. Good, you can ask him. No, it you seems, do it. It's a this, peculiar question. No, you, what we'll do is we'll build to that, and then I'm going to tease you up. I'm going to say, now, we've got a lovely lad. We've given a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he won a contest to ask a question. Here he is. All right, so he's, he's widely regarded as the UK's freshest and most trusted authority on etiquette and protocol. Freshest. freshest. His youth coupled with his old-fashioned values, gives him credence to adjudicate on modern manners. Oh, I'm very excited about him coming on. Also, we've got a psychiatrist later on in the show, Emma Kenny. Emma Kenny, you like a couple of weeks back when you guys I don't think she's part of the show, darling. Hmm? I think she was just booked for you. Emma (laughs) Kenny? She wasn't for the show. No, that's right. No, apparently, no, what it is is I'm, uh, I've got a nice, hold on, I have to go and sit in a special room with Emma Kenny, Emma (laughs) Kenny, because I've been cuddling people too hard in the corridors. (laughs) (laughs) No, Emma Kenny's going to teach us, uh, well, don't you remember... What were you just about to say? You've got... Nothing. I'm all right. Oh, I thought you were just about to... Say what, something was wrong with the old membrane, insane yeah. in the old membrane. I thought you said you had No, I was just going with your idea. Thought, oh, no, you did start say that. Yeah, for a laugh, because I thought, oh, oh, I right. see Matt's game, and like, I'm a very spontaneous guy. Do you know what I mean? So I jumped on it. I was all over it. <laughs> if you want to watch us on Facebook book Live, good luck, guys, because we're not doing that ever, ever again. This will never happen in my kingdom again. If you can name that film, you will be given tickets to see... Russell Brand, live at the Palladium, <laughs> at a date to be confirmed <laughs> in the future. Do you think I should do the Royal Variety performance? Have you been offered it? No. <laughs> no. Then no. no. <laughs> Come on, um, I'll tr- no, I have been offered it. What do you think? Royal. In front of the Queen? She's met you before. I think it's Kate and... Uh, Wills. No, Kate and Harvey. Katie Price. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's Kate and Wills. What do you think? Um, yeah, what are you going to do, though? I know, that's it, all my jokes, are, I ran through, like, my jokes, not a single one of my jokes is, can be done 
in front of a queen or a queen's Why not? child. Too rude, mate. Too too close to the truth. But maybe they can't handle the truth. Maybe you know what I mean? Moved on. Maybe they've moved on. Maybe they've like the, the new generation that just used the to... new royals. Yeah, the new royals. I like Harry best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Harry. yeah, yeah. Hang on though, but what are you gonna? You know, you could actually have a pop at them, John Lennon style. Hey, rattle your jewelry. Rattle your jewelry. You won't. You'll be right, little sycophant. Hello, mum. Hello, mum. Yeah, it's about time someone offered me a knighthood to turn down, isn't it? After all I've done for Britain. Okay, time now for a little thing called popular music. And in this case, it's some real <laughs> go-getters. <laughs> One of the, the the main chap, now I believe he might have been a homosexualist. They're called Queen, and it's good because we were just talking about a queen. This is, actually sounds like a mid-morning matters, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, how do I make it go on? Ah, oh, there you go. Should I leave us talking? I don't think so. Radio X. Russell Brand. What we need is a... Extrovert. An effete extrovert with prominent teeth. Did you grow a big moustache? Yes. Uh, oh, you're thinking me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got shorts on today. I'm getting more and more fluid sexually with every passing day. Would um, you do that? Would you do a, a Mercury biopic? Get a haircut for Freddie. Mm. Oh, yeah, you'd have to get a haircut. That's one of the impediments, along with the acting, that sort of slowed down my <laughs> career, I think, was like, there was times where people said, would you cut your hair? And I was like, no. One time, someone said, would you cut that beard? And I said, no. And that was during the film. It was a, sm a small film with Pablo Diablo Cody. Right. Oh, it yeah. had good actors in it. Actovia Spencer. She's so good at acting that she's got the word in her name. Another actor called Julianne. Huff, 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 huff. Are you huff enough? And, uh, Is this how you remember their names in your little trailer? Yeah, I should do practising in the mirror in case I have to go out to do some talking that's not the acting talking, you well, know, a conversation. Yeah. So hang on, why would you not get, like, you could get but your hair cut. Diablo Cody come out and goes, will you cut your beard because you look ever such a lot nicer. Trim, you know, not even shave off, trim. Yeah. I went, no, no, I'm not really in the right frame of mind for any of that. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I know, I was thinking about things in a strange way I then. used to be on the fringes of conversations like that, and I just think, why don't you just do it? But I think what it was, Matt, is that I wasn't emotionally and psychologically committed to the acting... Oh, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's It is quite it boring, though. You've got to sit in that trailer. Which is just like a... Like, well, once you're inside a trailer, that's... I used to go on static caravan holidays when I was a kid. That's what you're in. You're on a static caravan holiday. So call it a trailer if you want. But that's a static caravan. <laughs> you look outside, you're in Margate, you might as well be yeah, at least you can't go like, Ben Bond Brothers. What about Will Smith's one? I saw it. And Ooh, it's like... Man. When did you see it? Like a mobile hotel. Here, um, Jenga, will you shut that light off, please, mate? Because it's too glaring in my eye holes. Just pull them barn doors shut over it. I know about theatre language. Um, you can watch us on Facebook, probably. Can they, Elena? Watch us on Facebook? Yeah. It's there, isn't it? That's, That's not being live. They, they, they uh, put it up and down at their, at their will. I say put it up now. I mean, if there's a person whose job it is to punch that stuff up, why not put it on the They probably Facebook? turn it off when you put your leg up on the desk, because well, I can almost see... No. Pepe and the bunny boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pepe, you silly old sod. What have you gone and got us into now? <laughs> it's disgusting, beating all of you be quiet. That was a good impression. Yeah? You've done one. Yeah. Thank you. I knew it would come. I knew this day would come. Hello, Russell and everyone. After listening to your hilarious podcast... Well, thank you, Scott G. 
for saying that it was hilarious because a lot of work goes into that podcast. Me, Manji, we, so people don't know this about us, but we actually are trying our hardest. And Matt, especially, <laughs> That's what's sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> he drinks and drinks to improve the way he feels. And gee, he sits there looking at words, trying to make them make trying sense. Trying to make sense, trying to find the metaphor. Yeah. Like, by the end of this show, G will summarise this show and he'll use different words. And if you listen carefully, did you just sniff then? That's very bad etiquette. That's bad etiquette. Thank God we've got an etiquette expert coming on. That's the. F Thank God we've got one coming. Thank God we can say it. Expert. Expert, expert. I got, I got expert. I got Axel Rose's sex pots. You came out having a mum call. Hmm? You told us you had a, an uncle, but you called him a mum call. Mum call? Yeah, oh, that's a, a new weird. family member, sort of breastfeeding <laughs> brother. It's the mum. Hello, mum call. Hello, it's me, your mum call. <laughs> I'll be looking after you now. I don't like my mum call. <laughs> Come on, give me this email. You started saying the mum call thing, and if you ask me, I always say ask, that's choppy waters. Choppy. <laughs> this is us doing our best to be on Radio X. This is us doing our best to be on Radio X. You're listening driving around, X. doing things, li living in their, kitchen, their lives, cooking dinner, and this is on. I hope you're. Look, we love. Pull your you. socks up. I actually, do you know what type of socks I'm wearing? Those ones that are like the bottom oh, of ladies' tights. Those little like ladies' tights. <laughs> Those little mouse sleeping bags. I, oh, look at that. I call them either pauncies or gaylords sometimes. <laughs> what are they, um, why are they so discoloured? Uh, what do you mean discoloured? That is the colour. You don't know the original colour. It looks you're like... Not the, you're not Plato. You don't know the original form of all they things. They look like white the essential. that you've done that thing that if you're making a treasure map with a tea bag. That's oh, what the colour looks like. Age it with a tea bag. And now on Blue Peter, that thing again, <laughs> where we age a treasure map with a tea bag. Just do Tracy Island, will you? And roll it up and burn the edges. You can't burn the edges if you're a child watching Blue Peter. Oh, Just do the tea bag. This Bit country. of tea bagging, that's fine on Blue Peter. <laughs> but if you start burning them edges, that's when you're in trouble. Stick with a tea bagging. That's my advice to you. All right, so this is from Scott G. Listen to your hilarious podcast, thank you. The podcast will be available. And remember, if you can answer, oh no, what was that thing? I asked the question a minute ago. It's never happened some, in some my kingdom again. Yeah, what yeah. film's that from? If you send it to 83936 with Rebirth in capital letters, we'll give you two tickets to see me performing stand-up comedy. And let me tell you now, it's ever so funny. Do the impression of the... Like, do the line. This will never happen in my kingdom again. Right, that's it. Tell me what film that's from. <laughs> and if you know, then uh, you can come see me. It's, like, it's actually a good competition, finally. Yeah, the best one. From now on, it's good competitions. Ever since we've had this resurgent sense of buoyancy, even if there is still a conservative majority with their new alliance with DUP, there's still... A, you can't take away this sense of buoyancy. This sense of... Boy, right, read this email. You've started it about four times. Hello, Scott G here. Russell, I'd just like to say everything you've done or ever said is brilliant. In striking contrast with Matt Morgan, <laughs> a man who clearly belongs in the penitentiary and on one of the wings where they're not allowed yard time with the other prisoners. Yours, with the deepest respect, making it up as I go along. Now, after listening to your hilarious podcast, I wanted to chip in. 
on the best man speech. Here's an idea for you. I'm getting married on the 24th of June and I've allowed all my friends to perform a comedy roast on me. Cheeky. In lieu of a best man speech. It's going to make me laugh until I expel white tummy worms. That's an interesting notion. I'm sure all your friends, including Matt and G, would happily partake in this. A roast. roast. Roasty, roasty. You'd have to sit there on a little chair. You know how sensitive I am. No, yeah. this would never work. It won't You'd happen. You'd storm out after the second person. <laughs> 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 right? No. Everyone go home. No, I didn't enjoy the film Right, everyone, get out! <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, you might not know this, but uh, radio stations require money. So when you're old enough to run your own radio station that's state-funded, then you can do that. But until then, here's an advert. We've done everything we can to help. Radio. X. I don't know much about workplace pensions, but I'll tell you now not to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You do need to worry about it. You haven't got a pension, have you? <sighs> You're right. I do need. Do I need a pension? Everyone's a minute. I've got one. You got a pension? Pension. Got a pension. Oh, I went no, to the bank about pensions. I don't know, twenty years ago, and he said you need a pension. And I said, all right. And so I just got set up then. Well done, mate. You jumped all over it. There you are, Matt Morgan. <laughs> there, one of the key <laughs> figures in counterculture. You won't believe it. When I'm on the road doing my tour, yeah. you look. Oh, I've got a bunch of Freddy the Frogs for oh, our man G here. God. A whole bag of them, mate. Well, on the ride no, someone, oh, someone uh, gave the, goes give these to G. And I was hungry, and I sat in the car, and I didn't eat one. You didn't and eat one? Not one. I really thought you, you were going to eat them, because you were talking to each other. I wanted them, I wanted them. But all I had was these chocolate raisins, right? And then I ate them, and they were bloody vegan chocolate, and veganism is right, and we should all be vegans. God. But, but Freddos. Oh, man, those Freddos. Freddos. Those Freddos, and I was eating those raisins, and I was looking at those Freddos, and I was thinking, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do, to not eat your friend's present. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Well, how many of them was there? Nine. Oh, how, many them, one. how many were there now? None. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all still in a little gift bag of Freddo's. Thank you, the person that did yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Good etiquette you had there. Hey, the man, you know we were meant to have a good etiquette person on called William, what's his name? Kinkykins. Hanson. Twinkle. Mm. William Hanson. Mbop. Mbop. Uh, he, well, he... I like his neck. Song. So did I. Why not? Mm. He's, an, he's, a, he's an expert in etiquette. He ain't answered the bleeding phone. Answer me some oh. message. <sighs> What's wrong with you, Anson? Where does he get off? Anson. Where'd you get off, Anson? Right, now I think we're going to let our manners and etiquette pl pl plummet into the absolute depths, into the dirge, into some sort of Dante-esque ninth circle, circles beneath circles. One of my shows, right, a person put the thing they were most ashamed of, Matt, was when they were a younger man, say adolescent, they thought that the band Hanson was all girls. That's what I thought. So one of I, them, the, the pretty lead singer, still says he's pretty. <laughs> he's absolutely lovely. He's still, even to this day, he's gorgeous. Now, of course, we grew up in sort of quite conventional, uh, like seventies, eighties childhood. So gender fluidity and an amorphous sexuality. You're not that old? I'm seventy-five years old today. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, but then, so fancying as I did, Boy George and uh, Hanson. It's strange, really, that I've not come to the conclusion that I'm obviously homosexual. <laughs> well, everyone else has. And become open about it. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, uh, yeah, boy George, I liked him. Hanson, I was a bit, I'd wised up then to the fact that I was always, there's just certain things on a female anatomy that I feel like I'm biologically drawn to rather than sociologically or psychologically, although perhaps it's impossible to draw those distinctions. When's that shrink coming? 
Oh, please. Emma, Emma Kenny, get here. <laughs> I, 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 I just like a, 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 a lady's mummery glands. Mummery glands, gland me, gland me, gland have me. Mm, uncle Gary. <laughs> my uncle, my uncle came oh, Well, this is sounding like absolute madness. No, it isn't. Drivel. I this is what we're sometimes accused of. Drivel. Yes. Who accuses us? I read a, a brilliant tweet once that said, Russell and his <laughs> bum chums <laughs> just talking drivel and then uh, I can't remember, I'll find it. It was, it was absolutely poetic in its hatred. I'm trying my hardest here, as you can tell, to make a damn good radio broadcast. We're going to be talking to a psychiatrist later. We've already made some interesting and astute political observations, if you're prepared to pick it out of the madness. Uh, we've commented on the nature of modern media. Like we can be sensible if that's what people want, and but possibly what we should do is be cohesive and coherent, Coherent, cogent. Yes. All right. Let's do. Let's do those things. Now, what I wanted to comment on then is that yeah, G gets a lot. Well, I mean, um, people are gifting Freddos for G while I'm out on the road. The Matt Morgan Appreciation Society is like Momentum, the group that's behind Jeremy Corbyn. I think that the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society could whoosh. You want to harness this power, mate? Instead of uh, I'm starting to think I might get on social media. I've been told that I'm I'm wasting. An opportunity. Opportunities Come on, there. let's get you on it. In hard, is it? Be on Twitter, be on Facebook. I'm not but going on Twitter, but, but I'll, don't I'll go on Instagram. At... All right, you're very artistic. So you could take pictures of your, your hulks with green winkies, couldn't yeah. you? I'll do my little art things. Yeah, Matt's a good artist, so we'll yeah. go on, set up on Instagram and start doing some art. All right. Matt's a very talented artist as well. Let's really get behind this guy, Matt. Hi, Russell, Matt and G, says William Greaves. I love the name Billy Greaves. He's like Ooh, from the... It's lovely, isn't it? Billy Greaves is come. Billy Greaves was round asking for you earlier. He wants to go out. He wants to play football. It's Jimmy Greaves. He's no, Jimmy's. Jimmy's still with us. He? Jimmy's with us. Yeah, Jimmy not, Greaves. Yeah, he Jimmy is. Greaves. I think I saw him. I think he's not well, but he's good old. Greaves, he's not dead. See? Now, we've, we're mentioning some real antiquated references, of course, because, of, as you know, I'm a 75-year-old man. I recently took a 10-week course designed by Wim Hof, says Billy Greaves. Uh, the, uh, he took the Wim Hof course. Do you know this man, Wim Hof? He can no. plunge himself into cold, cold temperatures. Uh, Vice did a very good documentary on him. He can plunge himself into the ice, and he also ki- uh, cured himself of some bacterial infection using nothing but his own brain box and sheer willpower. So let's see what this man, Billy Greaves, has got to say. I originally learned about Wim Hof because I kept getting cold. Ooh, I wonder if anyone's interested in this. Any little hypochondriacs listening? I kept getting cold and heard that Wim himself could control his own immune system and he never got ill. Imagine, because all these systems are in our body and they are interacting with our consciousness on some level, aren't they? So if we could only interject with the conscious... that's that's like a thing that runs perfectly. Don't get involved. And then we're the worst person to get involved. Imagine your your body is a company being run very well, right? So your body temperature, your blood sugar level... Imagine you were in charge of your blood sugar level. Look at the way you drove onto Leicester Square. Mm, you're right. It'd be the blood sugar levels rubbish. It'd be like forty towers. Right, more blood sugar. Oh Christ! <laughs> oh God, down I go again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And it, what if I was in charge of dialysis? And if I was in charge of all of the gestation of the body, just breathing alone. Oh, I haven't I've done a poo for two months. Oh God, oh, no! What's that? Oh no! It's like a space opera. Oh crikey! <laughs> you're right. No, thank God. Thank well, or thank whatever. Omnipotent force conceives of and runs these powerful ana- anatomical machines. Thank it. Uh, anyway, this guy, he learned about it because he, he did Billy Greaves because he didn't want to get ill no more. And Wim Hof claims he can t- teach this to anyone. We've got to get this Wim Hof on here, haven't we? I like we? the sound of this. I also like the same sound of Wim Hof, even if all he'd no. ever done was kicked toddlers off the edge of a cliff. I'd still think he was one of the greats. On name alone. On name alone. Wim Hof. Yeah. 
Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Sounds like a Star Trek villain. Yes, Wim Hof. Yeah, it is villainous. You're right. Like one of those sort of generals that's always licked around Darth Vader. So what does he do then? Well, he hasn't had... Anyway, this lad Billy Green... Breathing methods. It's always... Why is it always uncomfortable? Why is it you got to like douse yourself in ice cold water? Why can't your immune system be boosted by chilling on the beach? Because we've become addicted to comfort. We've become prisoners of comfort. Comfort's good. Because comfort is that's an aspiration. Is comfort, but the breath is the interface between the material and the. You just want everyone to be miserable. You you always do this. You always go back to deny yourself. Yeah, I must deny everything. Fredo frogs. Yeah, and now you want to make all of us laugh. Give me my Fredos. No fun for anyone. <laughs> Me and Wim Hof say everyone sit perfectly still, turn off your pornography, turn down your wireless, and put your winky between your legs and don't even look at it again. And if you're a lady, just keep those legs together. It's just, you, you, you know what you are? It's a, it's a spiritual form of austerity. You are. I'm not. That, that is called asceticism. And that is a mendicant. Yeah, a mendicant, that's what you, nice. you, you beat yourself with a with Because, a whip. all right, look, we were talk- Matthew was talking about the corporation of the body. Corporeal, that comes from the body. Corporation comes from the body. And he's saying that if I was running my own body, it'd be crazy. But pleasure is there as a function. Pleasure is there to drive progress. Pleasure is there to drive survival and to drive evolution. But we, like big dumb monkeys, are like, I'd like a bit more pleasure, please. Keep downloading too much pleasure. So the life of the mendicant, the life of the ascetic, the life of denial is the recognition that these pleasures serve their function but if you let the pleasure becomes your master then you're doomed Adam Curtis said to me we have been taught that freedom is freedom to pursue our petty and trivial desires but true freedom is freedom from our petty and trivial desires but then you could say that denial the people who seek denial that's their form of pleasure it isn't it's the it, no because the pleasure it, comes from telling everyone else about it <laughs> that's where you get the kick that's the, that's the kicks. No, but if you actually want to change the world, you have to have a different relationship with the idea of sacrifice. And the reason that I, I find it very, very hard, because if it was up to me, I would lay about in Kubla Khan on a big sea of flesh with an opium pipe yeah, in my mouth. in nature, right? That we've created a situation where you can have anything mm. you want, right? Good in, point. If it was more like in, you know, basically how things used to be, how we evolved... You would enjoy pleasure because you'd have striven for it, mm. right? Yeah. So, like, we, yeah, you can't, um, I think pleasure would come from, like, hunting and climbing trees I and swimming and looking after your babies and, like, doing, like, endeavours that are actually part of survival. Yes, Once you're just eating Freddo frogs in a van. <laughs> <laughs> which I was doing just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, Yuval you, Noah Harari would say, yeah, the same thing, that, like, the... the the advent of agriculture was where we bifurcated from a kind of natural destiny and became um, and, and had a domineering destiny. But of course, we are part of nature. We are not abstract and separate from nature. We are indeed nature. Now, if you want to get involved in this sudden high-minded debate, <laughs> which was a bit of a departure, because five seconds ago I was saying my willy done a burp in the voice of the bloke from Witcher, uh, you can email me at Radio X or you can tweet me at Rusty Rockets and do follow me and look at my Facebook page because that is where you will get the downloads. That is where you'll get the data. You can listen to Under the Skin, you can get uh, the, you can listen this to the podcast for this show. I need, to, I need show. to be promoting myself shamelessly online. Go for it, baby. You can follow Matt on Instagram called Snivelly Little Winky Woo on Instagram with his stinky little projects. Oh, look at my tweets. Hey, Rusty. Uh, oh, Noel, should Radio X, um, this person, Amy Haycock, good friend of the show, hey Amy, says that Noel should come up with Matt's Instagram handle. Yes, we will oh. ring him. Yes, he will. We will let him. And, uh, 
Uh, it's the, and then Esther says, it's the mad drivel that I love about the show. So there's a lot of very good contributions, but I fancy they're not the contributions that Gareth wanted, because he's come scrambling over here, like, uh... uh Ever dear. since we turned his mic down, he's just... <laughs> so he needs glum. his mic back up, doesn't he? That's what it is. Uh, don't, we're creating a monster. Him. Do you think so? Look at him. We're creating a monster. Laugh, then. He did and he's had his, his teeth whitened. They're okay. white as snow! They're white as snow. No wonder you're what some people are calling the sexiest producer in Britain. You know, like that Richard Osman. He used to just be a producer. Then he just must have one day been glancing across at Jimmy Carr, who he was producing, and gone, I want that power. I want it, and I'm going to take it. And now Richard Osman's on the telly. So why not Gareth Rye? Why should he Oi. sit here... Whatever his name is. <laughs> why should he sit here in the shadow of us three twerps, three silly fools? No, we've known each other a long time, I thought, you know. A long time. A long time. Long time. You've often seen me do heroin. And that's saying something. Yeah. And uh, some call it the glory days. <laughs> ridiculous drug. Ridiculous way to behave. 14 and a half years. Where is the serene. etiquette expert? Didn't answer the phone. It's the, the rudest man in Britain. It's the rudest person we've ever had on the show. He's an egg expert. It's outrageous, isn't it? He said he couldn't be bothered. He sniffed, done it, and he done a greenie and flopped it. <laughs> You've done a greenie. Uh, right, so what's it say here? Russell looks like a rugby player that's come from a German rave. That's Amy Hank Haycock. She's going to lose her title of friend of the show. Do I look like a, G a, a rugby player that's come back from you, a German rave? The thing rave? is with those sort of t-shirts you wear. This right? is a G lay. I know this that's designer, but it just looks grubby and looks like a prop from bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it does not look like a prop from Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson sitcom. Bottom. Look at it though. <laughs> oh, oh no! It does not look like Eddie. a bottom prop. It, it looks train, it looks, train it looks spotting. Gross. Train spotting. You're right. All of my things look like they were once white and they've now gone sort of beige and brown. <laughs> Metaphor. Yeah, that's right. That's like that's why G's out there campaigning hard for you, Kip. <laughs> to white it right back up again. Hi, Russ, Matt and G. Last few shows, says Jamie. Last few shows, it's come up that Russell and Matt had an argument back in the days when the bad thing happened. Oh, the bad Can thing. Can you please discuss it? Oh, it keeps moving. Can you please discuss what the argument was about that resulted in Matt not being at the show that day? That's... Bad day. That's Jamie complex. from the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society mm. there. Dark Another days. Another member. Dark S days. The Splinter Group. Dark days. And I dropped this bombshell. Go no, on. it wasn't nothing. It wasn't anything really, was it? It was after. I, the... I was getting quite egotistical, and you've got your own ego, you know. Everyone's got an ego. Oh, listen to that Come defense. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got an ego. I mean, everyone's got a mansion they won't let their friends stay in. I mean, you are the heart of the mansion. Yes. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. <laughs> that's how it started. What happened? Did you meet? Oh, you let kicked him out. In the mansion. You kicked him out. Were you being a problem? Oh, really? Of course, I wasn't yeah, being I loved a problem. Having you in the, as a in church the, mouse, and I lived in the pool drive. house. Of course, I've an inflatable. Well, what did you? So you had to move out. Didn't. Um, what did you do? I you must have done something. I don't think I you didn't got... do anything. I broke a swimming pool cover on the Isle of Wight, but that was years before or well, after. No, you then. You must have done something. <coughs> I didn't do anything wrong because old Russ is a judicious. This leader. is the funny thing about it. You said no, we won't get on if we live in the same house. I said, well, you're going to be in London. He said, yeah, I know, but it's the okay. it's the principle of the thing. So. <laughs> Well, there you go. There, now you know. <laughs> don't know. I now thought I was know, water under the bridge. Jamie. But clearly not. Well, because no, I it, don't remember it that way. Because that's how. Oh, how do you remember? Yeah, how do you remember it? Matt came storming in, punched right. me in the stomach. You go and sit over there. All move around. New Feng Shui. New Feng Shui. That's it. New Back Feng Shui. In the pool shui. house. <laughs> no, well, I make. I'm People simplifying won't sit in there proper. Move People won't around. sit in there proper. <laughs> Turn Gareth's mic up. Right, Gareth. Right. You're back on, son. <laughs> <It's been> personal. <laughs> 
Where is Gareth? Fill up the phone. Come on. Coming out. Right, here we go. Let's go. Do you listen to Russell Brand on Radio X with Matt Morgan, Mr. G? Now we're going to have a little bit of commerciality. Oh, no, nothing. I'll do the post myself. You're fine and all. This is Radio X. Russell Brand. There's no adverts queued up. But that's not our fault. That's not our part of the job, is it? So that's, uh, just like, okay, because there was no adverts queued up, just imagine something you want. Have a little moment. Maybe you want, what do you want? Often it's to do with a pension, isn't it? Do you want a pension? Have one. Uh, trick tried. Trick tried.com. <laughs> That's one of my favourites. Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Look, you're giving free advertising to people. I don't care if people buy it or not. I don't think it'll make them happy ultimately. Mm, but denim. if you need to, mmm, denim. Good one. Want some denim? Get a bit of denim. Why not buy yourself a nice Denim's denim? Denim's coming back. I've Is it? Yeah, loads of denim, like jackets and stuff like that. Denim never went away, girls. <laughs> okay, then, guys. Tim Key, who's doing one of those adverts there, I think, for pensions, he once said, my father refuses to use the word term denim, and he refers to them only as blue trousers. <laughs> Funny thing to say, isn't it? Hey, no adverts were lined up, but we don't really mind, because we do this show for love, and we're not actually paid very much money. So, uh, Aren't you on tour? What do you mean by that? You could admit, advert for, do, do a tour advert. Ah, all right. Come and see me, Russell Brand, on my Rebirth tour. If you want to buy tickets, you can on russellbrand.com. And it's the show that critics are calling. And some are saying, oh, no. And then one man goes, not again. <laughs> Get away from my wife. When am I going to come and see this show? When do you want to come? You'd love it. You've got two jokes in it, which I credit you for. I never just... Yeah, well, at the end, in small print. I go, I go, I'd say it there, and then I sort of, like, I've strut around like Freddie Mercury, thrusting my pelvis, and then I... That said that. <laughs> I write it down on a tiny bit of confetti, put it in my bottom, and then blow it off <laughs> in the car home while stuffing G's Freddo frogs down my gob hole. No, uh, like, a few things that happened around, do you remember that time when I had that argument uh, outside Downing Street? Oh, yeah. Well, I say, I talk about how you reacted to it. Right, Like, right. I go, Matt said this, Matt said that. And I, you'd like those bits. Twice, two bits I've mentioned you. Well, Gee, you can't nice. come very badly. They're Matt Morgan. When you're doing London, that's why I keep. Yeah, yeah, it's London, London Brixton. Yeah, I know because I'm on tour for the rest of my natural life. Yeah. Right, yeah. we're going to try some adverts again now, guys. Okay. Okay, guys. All right. Let's in. Everyone at home, or if you're perhaps you're in a van, or perhaps you're just sat quietly in a garden, perhaps you're playing swing ball with just with yourself, solemnly and alone. And slowly, the cable coils around the pole, and you wonder why. Well, here's why. I am a father of one, that is what I am I live under the sun in a place called England I do a radio show on Radio X Back in the olden days I used to have lots of sex that was a poem written by myself and Leonard Cohen just weeks before he died. And he said, it's the best thing I've ever, ever done. You're listening to Radio X. Me, Russell Brand, Mr. Matthew Morgan, the man who's about to plunge into Instagram with the unwise enthusiasm of Godzuki, Godzilla's <laughs> little pal. <laughs> Mr. G's there. He's writing down a poem, a poem that he normally writes quite vengefully. So normally, it's never actually. It's always an optimistic and loving spirit. Yeah, that's what I go for. That's what I go for. You're yeah. a loving, that's passionate really man. Really evil one. What? Like a really nasty. Man. No, it'll be, no, it'll don't. be dark. Jeez, yeah, G's got a lot of love in him, but yeah, there's a darkness. <laughs> there's a darkness. We've all got great darkness in us. We've got deep darkness. That's one of the things that holds us together as a triumvirate. So now we've told you why we uh, had an argument. Apparently, so I expelled Matt from a Hollywood <laughs> mansion simply <laughs> to make <laughs> probably 
more room for strangers, probably. Dear old Matt, I'd like to apologise to you live on air you for did. doing well, you that. You did apologise. Yeah. When we did your part of your 12 steps. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently, I put a cushion over my face, which yeah. I don't remember. But I thought that was something else. I had to make, a <laughs> I had to make amends to Matt. That means you apologise for what I've done. And if anyone thinks I'm an amends... <laughs> You can just sod all. No, no, I'll it do it. It's funny, though, because you're sort of patting yourself on the back. As was you're I? Going, I was you're going, you started off going, yeah, no, I've got to make amends mm. to anyone I've wronged. That's yeah. part of my program, part of my recovery. I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, yeah, it's pretty tough for me to do this. But, <laughs> and, then, and then he was saying all this stuff, and I was like, oh, I don't really remember it. That didn't really annoy me that day. No, no, shut up. Look, listen, <laughs> look. That's, it's part of the whole thing. I have to say, no, I didn't mind you doing that. That was all right. And then, uh, yeah sort of fizzled out anyway. Well, anyway, this is done now. I've done that. Tick that off. I guess I must have come across as a pretty glamorous guy back in the day. Oh, no, it was quite tragic. No, no, with my no, motor... No. <laughs> this is the way I remember it. I was the chief of a motorcycle gang. <laughs> guess you could call me the leader of the pack. It must have been cold there in my shadow. <laughs> yeah, um... I was probably a bit of a twerp. I remember, but I do remember you holding the pillow in front of your face, so there must have been some sort of emotional reality to it. Otherwise, yeah. why the pillow? It was all pillow. I don't know why I did that, but I, but when I, because you, yeah, it's in the book, isn't it? And so you sent me yep. a bit of it and said, check this, it's all right, legally. Yeah, check that's all right, man. I remembered holding a pillow then, and I thought, well, that must have been, because I find things like that awkward. People but do. it must have been very awkward talking to a man with a pillow on his face. <laughs> I just carried on, I liked old pillow face, I just pretended Slash was nearby, and you'd ballooned out into wide face, Matt. I'm to see Guns Roses next week. Oh yeah, you saw it out yourself, didn't you? See, now that if you're on the internet, Matthew, on social media, you'll be able to do all sorts of um, manipulating your way into events of your choosing, won't you? Mm. But you, you don't run your own internet. I don't look at it in case someone hurts my feelings. So, Jenny, <laughs> over there, like, <laughs> the old feelings could What about my feelings? They're going to get Oh, be careful of your feet. Now, you'll be alright, because, uh, I don't think you're as, I'm, I'm quite a divisive person, aren't I? Like, so, like, old, old Jengo, she, she, Jenny May Finn, she looks after it. Sometimes I look, sometimes if same my ego, I'll have something, oh, man, have a look at the old internet, make me feel good about myself. And then someone will say something, I go, dirty little bit of technology. <laughs> but none of it's real, really. Like, I think that's interesting that, because when you connect with people on an emotional level, see their G, like to make his poems positive, and why, why, why we need that kind of art, and why we need that kind of connection, is it can be quite difficult to communicate those things. But I think etiquette, right, <clears throat> oh, yeah. hasn't evolved onto the internet, because ah. the way people are on the internet is, that it's so horrible. It's like driving, it's like road rage, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not a real... You wouldn't say that in public. You wouldn't say that to someone's face. No, so it's this I sort of faceless thing. I but I've noticed on Twitter, someone will say something really horrible to someone famous. Then they'll come back and go, oh, I'm sorry you didn't like that film. Oh, it's all right, mate. I love all your other... No, they sort of suddenly they, go they on the back They rehumanise themselves. They go, oh, God. To get the attention. Yeah. Hey, go on. But don't, you don't you think that, like, the, the reason why people do get all venomous and whatever, like, say, YouTube comments and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, is because they're spending so much time being, you know, promoting their etiquette in real life that... All these gloves are off. The creatures from the id right. come out, right? You might be right because those, the f whatever it is that's being expressed, it must be in there somewhere. It's not a manufactured uh, commodity, is it? It's there. Do you think Rage. there should be, or there could possibly be, a thing where the internet, you, you sign up to it, it's got your real information, and mm. so you, there's no faceless comments anymore? Would that be a better world? 
Well, so that people had to be culpable for it. Mm. I, I think it'd be interesting to find our way back to humanity. Because, like, say this thing, right? You know, like, there's this brilliant uh, sort of writer. I think she works under the name Just Jack or something like that. Do you know what I mean, Jenny? She wrote a piece about Diane Abbott because during the sort of election campaign, Diane Abbott took a lot of criticism. And, like, this woman, who's a white writer, said about how much of that stuff about Diane Abbott is really racist, even yeah. the stuff that's not declaratively racist. I met Diane Abbott when I went to Downing Street that time, right, with them campaigners for the new era estate, right, and Diane Abbott was, like, at the gate to Downing Street as we were going in there to sort of deliver this petition and all that. And because it had been such a hugely successful campaign, I think Diane Abbott was trying to, like, angle to, like, sort of be in the photos and stuff. Now, right. obviously, I'm, I'm a man who's got a little bit of an ego myself. So I was like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you, how come you're real all of a sudden? She was like, oh, no, to support the campaign. I was going, don't need support now, mate. Like, you know what I mean? That, yeah, yeah. Because that's my ego, right? And then when I read this thing about Diane Abbott, it said, like, where she, it talked about where she come from, how hard her upbringing yeah, yeah. was and how committed she's been she's like a lifelong activist and all the various scholarships that she'd won and what the adversity she'd overcome i thought no wonder that woman hustled she got a hustle yeah. you know so it made me feel different and then they showed some of the tweets the level of racism which i sort of like you know like again i guess because i'm a white person i thought oh, people aren't like that now not in this country but don't not you in think that, that in a way that's the world we live in and she stepped into the arena, and you step into the gladiatorial pit, you're going to face the swords. I suppose so. but Because like, you can have an idea of like, oh, the world should be this way, mm. in which case, oh my God, I'm offended. Yeah. But then you can just go, look, the world is the way it is. Yeah, but we are the should, aren't we? We are the should. We could decide to not have it be like that. Now, social media does mean everybody's got, like, the social media means everyone's got this voice, but we could collectively decide what is permissible and what's acceptable. The problem is, is that it gets into censorship, and suddenly people, like, you know, people always use that in the service of the wrong idea. Yeah, but what's interesting about this election is mm. the whole right-wing press and even the Guardian, so the left-wing press, yeah. attacking Corbyn because yeah. the left yeah. didn't think he was a leader and the right just didn't, you know, obviously different politics. Yeah. All that against him and he went up. Right, so that means that old machinery doesn't work anymore. Yeah, the machine's starting to fall apart. I think you're right, and I think it's because Jeremy Corbyn is authentic. You can't fake having been in politics and been in Parliament for 40 years. You can't fake those photos where he's, you know, like protesting against apartheid in the bloody 80s. You can't fake that he's got an allotment that he makes. He's like an authentic person. People are like, oh my God, this guy's real. A comparable thing, I think, happens with Trump. Like, the guy mm. is, that's what he is. He is what he is. Yeah, he yeah. is what he is, and yeah. that's increasingly that becoming yeah, attractive. No matter what, that, yeah. no matter yeah. what you are. Yeah, but it's because politics is so... What about those interviews with, like, David Cameron where they've got, like, the same answer to it's every so question? Slick. It's all that slickness, mm. and it, it just makes you switch off from them and exactly. not see them as human. So well, anyone comes along and says what they... You know, like a natural sort it bypasses, of... Even Trump, you go, yeah. oh, right, he's a normal Because I think person, we got used to the frequency person. of white noise communication of, like, you know, it is New Britain, it is New Labour. You know, like a meaninglessness. Hug a, hug a hoodie, yeah. Yeah, all of that stuff. They don't mean this, so you just switch off. So when sort of, like, Trump just goes, well, I don't care, that's what I'm like. Oh, hold on a minute, this is interesting. Even if yeah. you think it's deplorable. And then when it's someone who actually aligns with your belief system... And I heard Mark Steele saying, the comedian Mark Steele, saying, like, the fact is, as well, things have drifted so much over the last few years that someone going, like, renationalise and a bit of corporation tax. These are not radical ideas, but they've been framed as radical for like such a long while yeah, that yeah. that's where the misstep was, is that they're not radical. So, like, and like the loads of people that would have been gone to the alt-right and UKIP went, Hang, that is actually what I want. I just want a bit more fairness, you know. So, well, right, Yeah, big corporations should pay tax like yeah. normal people, and they don't. So until that's sorted out... And the fact is, is that well-off people should pay more tax, isn't it? And I speak from that position. It's yeah. like, if you are well... like It does a little bit, mate, you go, oh, but, but it doesn't so much 
do you know what? As a person that is well off now, like I think paying tax and then you think it's going to hospitals, it's going to schools, it's going to a fairer society. You think, oh, fair enough, mate. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Nice one. I want to live in a fairer society. But when it's like you just know someone's milking it, it's on an expense account, someone's buying missiles and doing deals in Saudi Arabia. I, mean, I don't give you no tax. It's because we lose our investiture in society. We lose our investiture in a common project. And I think that Jeremy Corbyn became a sort of an epitome of just decency. It's like, well, what kind of leader do you yeah, want? Do you know what scares slick people, people about that? <clears throat> is that if you go, he's decent, but the world's not. And especially on, mm. the, on the geopolitics, someone like that is great for, you know, hospitals and uh, like domestic yeah. stuff. But you've put him on the world stage against Putin and people in the Middle East and whatever. Yeah, Trump. I, mean, but I don't know. Just like, think I, I, wasn't the big, I wasn't the biggest fan of, of Corbyn, but when I saw him defend himself against, you know, the whole Trident thing, and they, they hit him with about six or seven questions, yeah. and he defended himself yeah. intelligently. He made Paxman look you know? silly. He yeah. Made, he exposed yeah. Paxman he for what Paxman does, which is... Which is sort of pantomime. It is pantomime. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's a vaudevillian trope. It's like Paxman knows what he's doing. And that yeah. the other thing about um, like Corbyn is he's been in the game a long time. He's yeah, schooled. Yeah. So he's just like he was like I thought I seen him like that Andrew Neil or whatever. He was just chilled. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is that thing. All right, we've got some tweets here. The article about Diane Abbott is by at MX Jack Monroe. We're talking about it on radio. Oh, that's from us. That's from Mary Wallenscroft. Oh, I should look through ones over there. Make that look. Um... <laughs> Lenny just tweeted that from the show. <laughs> now there's someone's tweet. Treated here, and it's me apparently. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, there you go. But that's, I think that's actually quite an interesting thing. Where's the, our etiquette expert? This is turning into sort of politics. On the, Radio yeah. 4. the etiquette. Right, now done. This. Do you want me to make you stupid? Because if there's one thing I, I know how to do is to make things stupid, second half very stupid. quickly. I think he stupid. heard the beginning of the show, and as an etiquette expert, oh no, this won't do. Oh, this is terrible manners. Me. I'm going to take my trousers down, <laughs> right down midway to the calf, the most humiliating place where if and pants could be. I'm going to take these berries, these fruits of the forest, <laughs> and if I may, I'll take an Emily board yes. from my men's Normal services resume. <laughs> <laughs> as you were. As you know. As you were. Your late father and I, Majesty, sometimes at Harvest Festival would break around away from the throng, find some quiet time at the back of a teepee, and I taking an emery board from my inside pocket. I'm off. Oh, no, you start looking at your papers. Paper. G writes I don't even poem. consider it part of the show. Rachel Gillies goes, Russ, why don't you join the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society? I'll tell you why, mate. The greatest appreciator there's been. I'm the greatest appreciator. I'm like the Moses of Matt Morgan Appreciation. I brought down the tablets. I have seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I've seen it. It's definitely a promised land. I've seen it. Uh, it, mate. Sin it's it. well nice. You've got to get to this promised land. Talking about Martin Luther King, why do I keep getting it? What's, like, have you, do you know much about James Baldwin? Yeah. He's amazing. Did you see that documentary on uh, Netflix? Really yeah, good. The brilliant book was it? Is it Nobody Knows My Name? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never read that. I don't or know. Go tell it on the mountain. Yeah, he's amazing. amazing. But he's all, almost, uh, but I suppose from a literature perspective, up there, like he's like a civil rights figure, perhaps as significant as Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, yeah. but from a literary as opposed yeah, to civil one of the, rights one of the perspective. Greats. One of the greats. Man, and he, an open, openly gay black man in the sixties. That's, he's, yeah. that's, he's, that's a hand to play, yeah. isn't it? It's the 60s. I'm going to be openly gay. <laughs> 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 I like this black gay guy. <laughs> oh, I don't know about him. Hello, Russ, Matt and G. Finally caught up. Anyway, you should just watch that. Uh, I Am Not Your Negro, it's called. Yeah. Hi, Russell, Matt and G, uh, says Sarah. Finally caught up on the podcast here. you talking about the old sketch videos that used to float around. Ugh, that make them sound like a stool that's been <laughs> discarded. I don't know, perhaps that's perfect. Uh, they used to 
float around the internet, sorry for burping, but the etiquette experts engaged. <laughs> uh, debunked, Tim Westwood, pimps, etc. Thanks for bringing back the weird memories. It's great to hear you back on the radio again. I'd like Sarah. to do more sketches. I Why don't we do that. more sketches? Remember, we were going to do a thing, weren't we, mate? I want to do some of my voices. You're do things. You always got these big ideas. We I want to do this. Two hour guys. phone conversations and then... Come on, then. Book in. some time in. Gareth, you'll produce it. Yeah, G, let's do it. you can warm it up somehow, but <laughs> you're too poetic and literary. <laughs> so you're too high-minded. Right. Right. Now, look, guys, I've got some messages for you. <laughs> They're ever so important. But what are you holding in your hand? Like, you're so like a person who's about to read an apology. You're like an MP who's been caught <laughs> This is out. my notice, and I'm handing it <laughs> <laughs> What are you no. about to read? Cause, are you going to read? Tell us He's what it is. He's got to first. So he's doing a big cut your head off Here comes the net world. Da, da, da. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. I believe that's Beck doing that record. I think it was. Saw me put a whole egg in my mouth and then you <laughs> spaded that down. Why did you put a whole egg in your mouth? What was? What were you an thinking? Egg. Cool hand, look. Eat half an egg. You know it is impossible to eat a great many eggs. You know that, don't you? I've eaten two. Well, you can't. Like I, one of my <laughs> first breaks into show business, and perhaps this is a foreshadowing of everything that pursued it, was like I worked for MTV promoting Jackass before it came oh, out in England. Days, yeah. Do you remember? I was so happy to get money. I couldn't believe it. And I used to go around supermarkets with MTV, though, so it seemed didn't seem like... No, not supermarkets, like shopping centres, you know, Lakeside yeah, yeah. or Blue Wall or something. Right? And, like, uh, they would do a, like, a roadshow thing where it was getting people to eat a certain number of eggs, mimicking the Cool Hand Luke scene where Cool Hand Luke eats 50 eggs. He's cool in that film, Cool Hand Luke, yeah. as well. He deserved that title. Like, and Anyway, I was getting people to eat eggs in public. No one could eat more than, like, about four or five it's like that Ritz cracker thing. It's like one of those things people think they can do and get in the world. Didn't we try and get in the world record books? Yeah, I tried to eat bananas. And I... But you failed and you were so Got close. close, though. I felt like you should have been I able to do it. I thought that couldn't be the record because it was, it was so achievable. Yeah, and we have got a, we've got a lovely caution wet floor thing there. Crown. The crown. The banana crown. I'm not wearing that crown. No, you don't, you don't deserve it, actually, because you didn't break the record. Is the simple truth. But hang on, how many eggs did they eat? Uh, like, like, call and Luke at 50, but real people you could only eat, like, That's 10 or something. Like, even that, and people bound. would fall apart. It must be, they, they do get egg-bound. They fall apart the seams. Now, like, this is the second hour of the show now. We hope you're enjoying it so far. This will be available as a podcast. You can get us on iTunes or whatever app you use to download podcasts. Remember, too, to look on Under the Skin. Coming up, uh, Yanis Varoufakis. Am I saying it right? Yanis Varoufakis. Yeah, you can see why I'm being cautious. I mean, he's that guy that was the Greek finance minister. I interviewed him the other day. He was absolutely high-level intelligent person. Now, you may, if he came into your consciousness, it may be because, you know, he was a key figure in Syriza, or it may be because there was once a list of cleverness people in England, the cleverestness uh, list, do you remember that? Cleverestness list. That's right. And uh, Thomas Piketty <laughs> and Naomi Klein and Yanis Varoufakis, they was the people that were above me. I was in at number four. And he's Greek. That's right, it was the world. Oh, right. And that's where I'm, I was Champions League places. You were number in the four. In the whole world of most cleverest and influential people. So bear that in mind next time you're criticising me because I won't let you live in my mansions. <laughs> uh, like, so anyway, that Yanis Varoufakis, oh my God, he was like, he was like, he's sort of like a composition of like the knowledge. It was like talking to sort of Adam Curtis, Brad Evans. It was like a sort of a storm of intense intellect. It was really, really Sound brilliant. Like you might have a man crush. He's asked me to go to Greece with him, and you know what really? goes on there? Athens. Well, he's, he's married, isn't he? And not, as um, I've, I've seen there, Jugs. Uh, <laughs> I've had a look at your ceramics, and it's quite clear what you're thinking about, mate. I've seen some of your statues, some of your pillars, and you're up no bloody good is what's going on. So anyway, he was like, you, yeah, but you should listen to that episode of Under the Skin when it comes out. I will listen out. to that. I haven't listened to them. 
Yeah, well, you'd like the Adam Curtis one, probably you'd like. You might like, uh, what other ones were good? Oh, you Val Noah Harari. What about the people who were on it and you don't list them? They're going to hear that and go, oh, well, I thought my yeah. one was good. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you now that if I didn't list you then, you were a grave, grave disappointment to me. You've no place on the airwaves. No, it's just like the ones where, but with you, Matthew. You know, like when you, you don't recommend, like, things to people you know, you don't tell people to watch or listen to your stuff. No, I don't like about recommendations, right? And this go might on. just be my problem. As a concept, you don't like the concept of a recommendation. Yeah. Well, no, I like them, but if someone tells me read that book, yeah. right? When I read that book, there's a little ghost of that person <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they taint it with their being. I'd like and I hate them. <laughs> I'd like you to have a little look at the Bible. So if I, and then I'll think of you going, keep reading, buddy. <laughs> hey, Matthew, don't give up now. You're going to be fine. Don't like words are okay. Just look at the dictionary. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know what you mean about that. You're right. And Is even with a anything, film or anything. Their presence becomes so... Their looming presence. The ghost of the recommender. About ten years of having that in my life, like that music, until... You that, feel it's yours. That tether has broken and it becomes... You're right, there's certain things like, for example, him out of the Pixies, Frank Black or whatever, yeah. you, because you were the first person told me to listen to him, now he's like, he might as well have been burped out of your back pocket. Yeah. Because, like, uh, you own Frank Black as far as I'm concerned. That's when he come in. Really, you guys own. really hold on to those recommendations? Grudges. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Real that's, that's Don't you hold on to the recommendations? If someone recommends something and I like it, then I like it. Then I then like it. Mmm, we've got, got a good enough sense of self, Matt. Because I'm thinking about it now, because it was G, I liked Ice Cube from NWA, but then G really liked Ice Cube and told me to listen to Ice Cube. Ice Cube, like it's an Ice Cube, not a person who's called Ice Cube. I like Ice Cube, because it really called me to Ice Cube. It's a hot summer's day, and I put it out to my tongue, and I just feel so much more calm. I like Ice Cube the way you like Morrissey, it's quite, it's That's quite, your thing. it's obsessive. Well, it, now obsession. I think of you with Ice Cube, this and I thought... This is why I don't like the Smiths, I do like the Smiths, right? <laughs> but the Smiths <laughs> might as well be called the, the Russell, Russell Brand, Brand Smiths, right? <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it and he goes, Oh, I'm gonna hit by a bus and it'll be great. <laughs> I think, he did not say, I'm gonna be hit by a bus and it'll be great. Because if a 10 ton truck killed the both of us and if a double decker bus crashes into us, yeah, to die by your side is a heavenly way to die, which is a stream point. No, but that's what but I hear. I hear you go, <laughs> <laughs> You hear me do my snivelly analysis yeah. and why it's so clever and stuff. Well, hey, guess what? Yeah, right, you have I, my, my recommendation. So that's the opposite of a recommendation. That's so like it's dooming tainting, it. you go, dooming. Here, do you want to think about me all the time? No, thank you. I've had quite <laughs> enough of you in the old brain for one life. Um, mm. This m Daily Mail, and I've decided to reach out in love to everyone in the world, including the Daily Mail, because especially now that they've had it, they might feel a little bit obsolete. I threw soup at one of their journalists. I did throw soup at one of their journalists. Not and hot soup, though. He's cold not an soup. soup. I'm not an animal. Cold, cold soup. Cold, rejected soup. Uh, cold soup out of a bag. Uh, I, like, I did do that. And, that like, and the other thing i done was I did tweet that journalist card, and people were really sort of like, oh, it's out of order. And I thought, well, you're outside. he's outside my house. Well, where, what, who's drawing these lines? Anyway. But like my point was, in the Daily Mail, they printed a story about... Um, um, there's me saying rude stuff about Morrissey, but I was joking. I, I love Morrissey, and I can tell that the intention is to antagonize, cause antagonism between me and Morrissey even more than to provide news, because it's not enough of a story like me, because yeah. it, it was a very funny thing that after a show at the Apollo, uh, in Hammersmith Apollo in London, M Morrissey came with Victoria Wood, God rest her soul, and Chrissy Eind, and like that, and in the room afterwards, uh, Alain de Baton, that philosopher, I'd not long known him, and he was proselytising about me in a way that was making my ego 
bristled with, like with uh, sticky pride, and he was going like, "Well, Russell Brand. I mean, well, I mean, he, you, he's beyond a comedian. He's beyond a philosopher. I mean, if he, in fact, if he wasn't a comedy, you say a comedian, you say he's the most important voice of our age. I mean, the fact is, there's no box you can put him in." And Morrison went, "How about a coffin?" Like that, right? <laughs> and I sort of tell that story sometimes because I think it's a funny example of Morrissey's yeah, yeah. dryness. And then, like, exactly. And, like, and then, but the Daily Mail printed it like I was going, that Morrissey geezer, I like a lamp him on the chops. <laughs> so as I would. And Morrissey, he, he's a sensitive fellow. He might see that. Although, will he be reading the Daily Mail? He probably, might. Probably. He's probably. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty right. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 not Moz, no, Morrissey Brand has no politics. Morrissey's right wing. <laughs> oh, there you go, that's it, but you'll be blamed for that, I deny it all. <laughs> Darius Gilson, long-time fan, when I listen to your show too much... <laughs> you can't listen to it too much, mate, the voice in my head is your voice, it's not me doing an impression of you, it's your voice. Oh, I'm taking over people's consciousness, I like this. Because the voice that you call yourself, your own inner voice, I mean, how did it get there? Who is it? Is it really I you? That. I keep having me? that thing where you become self well, like I'm saying something. Yeah. I've always had it a bit, but mm. I've had it recently a lot, where I'm saying something and I hear myself as a third person listening to myself. I know what you mean. You know, when you become it's, sort of aware, well, not it, living in the moment, you've become the third oh eye. Oh, man, that's amazing. That's psychedelic. That's your transcending self, because the it's ego nice. is a construct. It's not like, Woo, yeah, I'm Jim Morrison. Go it with like, it! I'm going mad. Ride the snake, baby! Ride the snake. Ride the snake to the lake. What happens when I'm talking to my children? Because I sort of deep down still don't think I'm a you're dad. the dad of two children. So when I'm going, right, don't do that, come back, I hear myself saying it. And my mm. uh, another part of myself, my true self, goes, "What's happening? Why are you doing this? You're talking to those dead. children? Excuse me, um, uh, like you've got a little interjector in the balcony, in, in the critic, the demon, the D A E M O N. Do you say demon? Don't say demon. Don't say demon. It's too confusing. Blur, but demon, yeah." Oh, I've got an inner voice, a little inner voice. In the yeah. brain box. <laughs> he don't let me parent. He, you're right, okay, so um, you've got a little inner voice. There's too many swear words, yeah, potentially. Yeah, there. Gee, the poet got yeah. that. All right, so, um, well, that, yeah, that inner voice, we've got, I suppose, work out what is the uh, true nature of the self there and parenting, because I suppose you have such a strong connection to yourself as a child to see yourself in the other role, in the other And also my strong connection to my parents as parents, right, and hearing mm. that you end up saying... The same stuff. That they said to you. Things that say, like, be nice to, play nice to your sister, and things like that. And you hear these cliches come out, right? Right. And, and I literally, I, I was cooking their dinner, <sighs> and I deep. left them in one room. And I said, I came in, I went, and uh, Winter was crying, so mm. Cohen had done something to her. And I went, oh, I can't leave you two alone for one minute. <laughs> like that. I'm going to put all your it. stuff in bin bags. <laughs> You're just like your dad. You're like your dad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a bit of your own stuff creeping <laughs> no, in. No, no, that was just uh, that was just an arbitrary example that anyone could have said. <laughs> Don't know where that one came from. But you said that Laura, your partner. Yeah. Let's not pretend. What do you mean? Because well, sometimes I'd sometimes say that, and I see you like bristle a little bit, like you. Don't tell everyone. I really proud of her. I, I know so that, but I mean, like, you, I don't know. Like, like, like there's a you, privacy you're thing. You're protective over her, sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. She went out last night, come back lashed. Right, well, so did my wife, that two nights ago. Why are our wives going out, getting on the lash? What was your wife doing last night, G? She was reading me a bedtime story. That ain't on. What's what? going on with our marriages? Um, my wife went to a strip club with all her female Which friends. Which one? Because my wife went to a strip wife. club and all. <laughs> wife? <laughs> I don't know, one of them. <laughs> Um, what I know one? The one? To see bloody that thing, Magic Mike. Was it that one? No, women. 
Oh, God. That's a thing, <laughs> Mother man. of God. That is a thing. I have seen the promised land. That's what oh. girls do these days. Oh, no. But anyway, this is the thing that I, I know, you were starting to tell me, right? Because Laura came home a little drunk. Mm. So did my wife, right? When you're looking after children and your wife's gone out, even though they do all the childcare normally, yeah. what, most of it, hang on, something's going on. Yeah, go on, they do, their, they do the childcare normally. Yeah. We don't need beds. Look, just listen to what I'm Come saying. On. He's trying to desperately put on step I'm, <laughs> I'm, pro- I'm producing a radio show. Go on. Oh, it was that's, relevant was ages ago. Ages ago, was, was it? No, it wasn't worth it. Go on. So, yeah, there you go. It wasn't worth it. But I turn in. I don't know. I don't know if this is the right example. But I sort of feel like Erin Brockovich. Why do you think you are not Erin Brockovich? That woman fought against the odds. She came up through the ranks. She became a lawyer. She fought against the corporations that were poisoning the water. If I'm left water, for more than about two hours, you're no, Erin Brockovich with my children. You become Aaron and my wife's texting me saying, "Like oh, I'm really drunk. We're going here. We're going." Here. I sort of think, "Oh God, <laughs> Hold I'm just on. I'm just struggling with these kids while I've been left alone." <laughs> I get in my head. I become this real, like quite feminine sort of icon you you <laughs> after really two weird. hours alone you become more Aaron than two Brockovich hours. I'm hoovering I've fed icon. the children I've put them to bed and then I'm sitting there stone cold sober and I'm getting texts like oh I'm drunk we're going here having a good time and stuff like that hey I was and becoming I Aaron so Brockovich wrong. as well I feel so strong stronger strong, that this is wrong strong woman like a strong one. We're really, we've been put on the back foot Did by men all like our lives. Yeah, it got a bit late. I was all right all day long. I was enjoying being daddy daycare and my baby was just in a nap. Like, honestly, my baby drops five or six classes when my girlfriend goes out. Like, she was just in a nappy covered in stuff, like all gunk. I never washed her. I just <laughs> gave her whatever food she wanted all of the time. <laughs> we were start hanging out in, like, dodgy, not dodgy places, just, like, not where my girlfriend would hang out. You mean, in, in the house or like in where? places like Out and about. Peckham. Out about, weren't we? <laughs> Getting amongst it, weren't we? Quitting. <laughs> Up the front in your van. <laughs> Up the front down the old van, weren't we? Getting amongst What's it. What's your name? Well, you were like... Well, like, she was like, Justin, and, like, my girlfriend dresses our baby in immaculate attire. Makes her look gorgeous I all don't the time. do that when I'm, when What's I'm the just point? home. What's the point? She no. doesn't even know what clothes are. Pajamas. I just put her in a nappy. Leave them in their pyjamas. Nappy, little pouch full of sort of uh, fruit. Give her that. Yeah. She's right as rain. But, like, I, I enjoyed it all day long, being Daddy Daycare. I was like, reading brilliant. I was really connecting with that child. But did like, you have third eye or were you in the moment? The dog was jealous. I did a lot of... I was in the moment a fair bit. Then uh, there's a bit where I was driving along and I, I called up Tim Spall, the uh, actor, to just bring a bit... to ground me again. <laughs> I did, actually, because I love Tim Spall. Don't you love Tim Spall? You were yeah. driving along. It's brilliant, any Tim With your baby. I hope that was on the car phone, the in-car phone. Nope. <laughs> and actually, you do have to drive a lot more careful with a baby in the car. Oh, That's one tip. Mm, yeah. Got to take it up 20-30% for the baby. Anyway, then I... Uh, and then... And then... Yeah, when, but you're right, Matthew. Come 10 o'clock, I start thinking, uh, like... Uh, like, uh, like, sort of feeling like you're an oppressed person that's really having to <laughs> carry the household. But they must yeah. do it all the time, of course. I know, they must think we're horrible. They hate us. Well, I only because, like, is there I'm, a tyranny I'm, I do a lot of joke. It's not like, my, I'm not very old-fashioned at all. We're pretty equal, right? Mm. But then I've got to work sometimes. And so, but I go out more because I've got to go to a work thing or something, right? Yeah. So, and I was thinking about the actual time. Well, Dan, you work in men's out, club. When I'm out, exactly. When I'm out, I don't feel like, oh, she's at home. I'm she's doing that. She's doing bath time, We've got to be nicer to our wives. No. But then uh, when I'm at home, bath time, bedtime, I feel, I literally feel, <laughs> I sit there, I feel like I should... 
get an award. I do. About <laughs> half past ten, I was singing, I may not be a lady, but I'm all woman. <laughs> From Monday to Sunday, I work my fingers you know, to the I should get beyond hearts of gold, and they should say, and then at 10pm, <laughs> the baby woke up, but you but you went up there, and you dealt with that. <laughs> and you then did. at 11pm, you tried to go to sleep, but you couldn't. Then you had to go outside and put the key outside for the missus. There was a bit while you played on Xbox for a while, but that didn't last that long. all right. That was just a little bit for you. You deserve that. You've got to make a bit of me time for mummy. Yeah. We're some sort of atavistic, throwback, sexist pigs from yesteryear, are we? Yeah, but no. No, we're not. We're just sensitive, are we? There was a very interesting bit a minute ago where we were talking about the true nature of consciousness and how we can't stay in our own self because the self may be a construct, and that's the sort of thing you want on Radio X, isn't it? As long as there are... No! You do not do that when I'm trying... Daddy's trying to play an advert. All I do is work for you <laughs> and this family, and you throw it back in my face. Here's a little guy called Glenn Advert. When he was 19 years old, he conceived of something that changed Britain. I know what I'm doing. With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. And everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claim. See sky.com slash guarantee. This is... Radio X. Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah, well done with your adverts, everyone. That was Glenn Advert's latest project, uh, an installation piece which he calls Commercial Break. Now, later on, we're going to be talking to a um, psychiatrist, sh uh, Shrinky Poos, the psychiatrist. Shrinky Pop. Uh, uh, hold on, check. What's her name? In this case, like, the, the Emma Kenny. Emma Kenny, got some lovely tweets from you, the listeners. And let's never forget that we actually make this show for you out of sheer, unadulterated narcissism. Love, actually, it's love. Russ, keep your leg down. You're putting me off my boiled eggs, says Kate. Yeah. How dare you, Kate? <laughs> oh, no. That's what happens when the etiquette expert don't show up. Oh, no. That is a new low. Is it a new low? Yeah. I think come might on, have we've done been lower than that. No, oh, come no, on. We can get lower, man. We can do it. I bet Moyles or if Johnny Vaughan will ask for that They use the same mic. Yeah, Beans. Johnny Vaughan and Chris Moyles. Sorry, chaps. Sorry. And Gordon Smart. We love Gordon Smart. He's on he straight after this one. I owe him 60 quid. I need you to... That's interesting, mate. Went out for a night and ended up owing someone 60 quid. No more questions <laughs> on that topic. Yeah, right, mate. You're right, bruv. Right, bruv. Yeah, whatever. Don't know the prices. This is, this is from Poggy Nose. I'm hiding in the toilets at work to contact you. Well done. What do you want, mate? You don't just say that. That's the message was just the message. Like oh, from is that it? Has actually added any... There's no other content to it. Russ, I'm listening to you, says uh, Rachie Roo. I'm listening to you while trying to be a district nurse out on visits. You're brightening up my day no end. Keep it up, district nurse yeah, Rachie yeah, Roo. Yeah, we yeah. support you, do we're we? We're real heroes. Exactly. Imagine we were district nurses. Well, and that would go badly. Five hours at home with our children. Well, we, we have to do like visits we... to the elderly and to people that needed home care. Mum used to be a district nurse. I know. Yeah, same with mine. I know. No, your Stop, look. Stop saying your mums were district nurses because I met both of your mothers and they were capitalists. List of pigs. 
That's a pretty eloquent mum cuss. Like a high, high grade playground mum cuss. Hey guys, don't get sacked, says Gemma and Bracknell. That's a warning from the listeners. That's, they can yeah, tell the energy's high today. High energy. Why is that? What's happened? Weird energy. It's weird energy. It's What's because going on? I think we're conduits to weird energy. And like you conduits. are mainly. I'm an agent of me the Lord and G of Me and G are more sort of like, we're just sort of like the, I don't know. It like, goes wrong when you go to the me, moons Matt. It's very to your bad. planet, but you're the weirdo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you are the weirdo. I remember Matt once saying, Matt once went, why do these things keep happening? It's him. It's yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I've got the black spot, you see. No, I also did throw peanuts <laughs> out of a window at a hotel. They landed on someone, then a sort of fight started. It was very high said, up. Yeah, we were very high up, so it was a bit of safety. But then I'm like, why do these things keep happening to us? And then the people came in the hotel together. So your hotel leaves Matt in They were looking for us. That was funny. That's this sort of energy. When we, well, at least we're a bit more responsible now. Why won't you interview me for that lecture up in Edinburgh? Because it's terrifying. And also, you asked me to do it. Well, let's explain this to the listeners. Yeah. There's this thing called up in the Edinburgh. Mac there's a McTaggart lecture, right? Yeah, and then there's the Armando not Armando Iannucci's done. Oh, is this the not there's the McTaggart? There's the McTaggart, and then there's the not the McTaggart. Which one are you doing? Not the. And ah, so, the, so, so I googled the McTaggart lecture. See, Armando Iannucci's done it, and it's like an, an address. Right, well, hello. Right, it's yeah, been a bit and I, serious. When, and me and you doing it out there, giggling and trying to pull each other's trousers down. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be a good interview. It'd be good for you. It'd be good for your career. It'd be good for your profile. It shows a new, good showcase for your new well, talent. But Get you some more to, Instagram you followers. Need to, what am I interviewing you about? What would I? Telly. Be? So oh, television awards. God. Well, you don't. I know why you don't want to do it because you don't want to take me seriously, do you? You don't want to sit there and go. No, so, what inspired you, Russell, with Ponderland? I go, oh, well, Ponderland. You know, I really thought that I needed to get to the essence of what made Britain tick. What made Britain tick? No, that, no, it's nerve wracking for me to go up there. And also, mm. this is why I thought because I thought it was the McTaggart lecture. Armando Anucci's obviously put a lot of work into this thing. I know you'd put zero work in. Uh, no I'd work ask you done. questions and you'd just wing it. And then at the yep. end of an hour and a half, we'd just go, "Is that enough?" And walk off. Yep. And everyone would have probably already left. They'd le <laughs> they will not have left. They'd love our lecture. Well, let's You think need about to be it. a bit more confident. Right, we've, we'll announce who's won tickets to see me doing rebirth. Guess what? Emma Kenny, the psychiatrist, is not answering. It's because of the show. They've it's heard not the show. The show. People, and they've right it's, imagine listeners. listening to this. It sounds like a zoo. Listen. They're never going to come into it. We <laughs> need you to. <laughs> To help our self-confidence, because two of our guests, Emma Kenny, a psychiatrist, who a psychiatrist and a, a professional it. view of this sort of thing, a psychiatrist, and she's gone. Well, and a man mad expert. I'm going out, <laughs> and a manners expert has gone. Well, they're terribly rude. I'm not going to answer the phone. <laughs> Who's choosing these guests? We need. I to, thought they'd be good guests. We need to get some a sort manners of expert, burglar or someone. <laughs> they might answer the phone to us. And here we have uh, Fagan from the 19th, from Victoria. <laughs> Not answering. It's, yeah. it's a bit silly. What we've got is a hobo in fingerless gloves who's been dredged from a canal in a trolley. Yeah, I'm afraid I can't do your show, Governor. The quality's not good enough, see? I've got a bit home. I've got terrible piles. I'm afraid ho hobo that we've drenched from a canal couldn't couldn't make it. Right, Matthew, while you're... Talk about cows killing Strong and stable. Strong, strong and stable. stable. This is a strong, stable show. We're not weak as wobbles. Now, listen, because I've got some funny things to say that are going to really change Britain. Now, here's one of them. It's from a fella here. It's a lady, actually. She's called Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nicola, she says, I suffer from bad anxiety and for the last few days I've literally had your old and new radio shows on a loop. It's the only thing that helps. <laughs> so even though we may sound we like... We have anxiety sometimes. We're, yeah, we've got anxiety. Matt gets anxiety. I have anxiety. That, it does help. When I get anxiety, I just listen to my own, my own voice is the anxiety, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But we do help each other and we're helping other people. Now listen, we need some confidence. So if you're enjoying this show, text in now and really boost our confidence up because two of our guests don't have not need come. Any more confidence. I do. Emma Kenny, you've let me down. What you need to do is exactly explain to me why you have the world's thinnest bum bag <laughs> with nothing in it. And yeah. You had it the other day I've when got we the world's thinnest those. bum, don't I? <laughs> He's got a little bum. Hold it up to the camera. All right, here's my little thin bum bag. It's <laughs> What's wrong with that? But why have you it's got it if there's nothing thin. in it? There's something in it. What is in it? You don't ask about Give any it to me. Give it to me. I want to look in there. I won't announce it if it's oh, some right, sort of sex uh, Listeners, I'm handing it over. Now, you know last time we were on the radio, Matt dressed up as me, didn't he? And I found now, this. And I'm giving nannies Bum bag over. And he drove in, so there's something a psychic. Oh, he snatched it. The way he took it out of my hand, it was like once I was in India once and I fed some monkeys. I fed some monkeys in India. And the way those monkeys took the food, it was ungrateful. I don't like that. that There's no gratitude. They scratch your hand. Yeah, and they look at your eyes. They look at your eyes and they're like, you discovery. They are you, Matt. been a discovery. A hairband and a little packet of tablets. Those tablets. Them tablets is what really makes what Nanny are. be able to do such quality oh, violence. Oh, how cute. On here in pen, it says Russell's migraine tablets. Yeah, because Russell, the person who I live in, gets <laughs> migraine. But hang on, haven't you got anything? Haven't you got a wallet? No, wallet. This is your wallet, this little bum I bag. I love my little thin bum bag. Oh, that's made me feel really sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> little hairband right, and these migraine tablets. That's all I need in life. You're all I need. Have you got your little bag. migraine bum bag, darling? Yeah, I've got it round my waist. Yeah, well, how would she say that? Because she's lying in bed drunk, having been to a strip bar to watch Magic Mike Strip Club. Did she go to a strip bar? Yeah, a, a my girlfriend was at a strip club. But boys, your wife at least got the common de- decency for it to be a kinky Feminists are getting it wrong. It's you we. Fem- it's me and struggles. Matt. We're the Erin Brockovich. Who's your Erin Brockovich now? That's what I am. Drunkards. I've really and let sexists. These women are. <laughs> right. Can okay. we talk about cows killing themselves, please? Yeah. Okay. Everyone, if you thought this radio show was being a bit unprofessional, even though it's making at least one anxious person feel happy, we're going to try some structure. Send us, remember to tweet me, at Rusty Rockets, for answers to that quiz. And mindless encouragement and buoyancy to keep our spirits up after Emmy Kenny, the psychologist, abandoned Who? me. Emmy Kenny, the psychologist. And Emma June... Kenny. Emma Kenny. Emma Kenny. Emma Kenny. Others are cuddle Kenny. Frank McAvenny. Like, when I... Uh, being abandoned by a psychiatrist... Let me tell you something. What? You when I was a little talk. girl... When I was a little girl... Abandoned by a psychiatrist. You knew what I meant. When I was a little girl, I was used to sit in my duffel coat waiting to be picked up on a Saturday. And now it's happened oh, again. Dad. Anybody would have done. <laughs> <laughs> but this psychiatrist abandoning me has brought us to a new low. And how we fight back is with comedy. Matthew Morgan is going to do a new story. What's going on, Matthew? <clears throat> Swiss farmers left puzzled after cows throw themselves off cliff. I'm not saying this is funny, but it's interesting. Interesting. So you've, you've 
The Swiss farmers are puzzled, are they? They're puzzled about these cows flying of themselves. The herd of cows that jumped to its death from a cliff in the Valais last week, right? Thirteen cows broke out of their pen, ran towards a cliff, and either fell or threw themselves. I don't know how a cow throws itself. Yeah, because it can't project itself. It can't bend down on its haunches and project itself. Unless it's maybe it would have meandered off of a cliff. The noise might have been like. <laughs> right, so you knew it was putting an effort. A in. cow has got a lot of power, but I've never seen one launch. You know that story? Well, they, cow they've that trapped a lot of people to death. I know. I've mate. I've been trapped in a field with cows before. Cattle. When I was when I used to live in the countryside in a former relationship, I was take this big white Alsatian Brian. God, I loved him. Him and the cows didn't get on. Right. It caused a lot of tension. Now I'll be in a field with Brian and the cows, and the cows would surround us. And I had to go. Well, this was when I'd only just met Brian. I go, Brian, mate, this is not good. What's going on here? We're going to have to escape this scenario. We're going to jump across Brian that river. Brian, a talking dog. <laughs> he mostly listened. And then, like, we got away. The cows, though, they changed from big, docile, daft. You know, like you call them things like Maybell. Oh, that's my actual child's name. No, they call them. <laughs> yeah, they got like they got like they, no. You yeah, know when they Daisy, used to, Daisy, Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. They changed to these intense-looking badasses. Like, they suddenly were a bit like... <gasps> yeah, they can be quite scary. Do you remember when you had to milk a cow? We mean you went to that Harry Krishna... Yeah, them were glory days, yeah. man. And There's nothing to... like milking a cow. Yeah. Do I, what do you mean? I've milked it good, didn't I? They see the cow as holy. The cow is holy. The but divine mother. when you're mother. circled by them... Scary. But mm. perhaps I shouldn't have been in their field, but I just needed to get across it. Well, yeah, that was when you didn't understand the rules of the countryside. I know the codes of the they country. They probably had babies. The you're there with a dog. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming the cows. I'm on their ca- the cow side. Well, they do. They've trampled a lot of people to death. So <coughs> anyway, this is probably out of guilt that they killed themselves. Right. <laughs> Go on. They flung um, themselves. They kind yeah, of lost. fell or threw themselves off the 50 metre drop. That's yeah. That's going to kill a cow. That wait. Last Wednesday night near the village of Levron. Levron in the valley. Where's this happening? Sounds like it's futuristic. It does sound very futuristic, and it's a very futuristic. Levron. Event. Levron sex sex quadrant seven G, sir. Some <laughs> these cows. Bovine suicide, sir. Bovine suicide. Unacceptable. Thirteen oh, cattle down. Twelve of them died. The thirteenth survived, probably because it landed on the others, but was injured <laughs> and taken to an animal hospital in Bern. In total, the cows were thought to be worth. Oh, God, bring it down to money. What That's out of order. Twenty thousand francs. So this is in France. Valet makes sense. Mm. The cows broke through several lines around the pasture before finding themselves on the ridge. They fell into the void. What? <laughs> That's an every poetic Sci-fi. way of terming that. They fell into the void as though they were forced into it, said Norbert <laughs> Terrataz. We can't trust Norbert Terrataz. President of a farming insurance company. Oh, oh no! Insurance job. They've shoved them off. <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know why these cattle. This is old Terrataz. Cows don't follow each other like sheep. When they're scared, they have a tendency to disperse. Look <laughs> <laughs> it, everyone! Go okay. on! I've recovered himself. That's what, I didn't know no, the cows it's were interesting when animals kill themselves. Mm. I think that sounds like a dreadful error on their part. They've probably only ever been fenced in. And yeah. they were like, <laughs> they just, you know, like cats or those experiments where they. Uh, <laughs> if you like babies will crawl to their mum across glass or no concept of depth Oof, hold on a minute oh I see I thought we meant you know broken I mean? glass I thought who's doing these experiments <laughs> making a baby crawl across broken no, glass no like a, a glass plane right yeah. so they uh, you, not at, at first a baby doesn't have depth perception to like go oh, there's my mummy but hang on there's a drop there yeah it won't so care about crawl that across. so oh, these cows that. if they haven't been aware, if they'd always been in a field they Why don't you understand have any concept the concept of, of a drop. Because yesterday I was by a river and I was reversing and I had the baby in the car. And you know your car when you're about to hit something goes... 
bit like it really panics yeah. towards the end. He goes, no, this really, you are going to hit it now. You really should stop. Oh, bloody hell, I was telling you. Well, it doesn't know about rivers because that's not an obstacle. That's an abyss. So maybe a cow's mind is a bit like that thing that's at the back of my car. You're reversing right near a river with a baby in the car. Just for kicks, man. Just to pass the time. Now, we'll find out why that was because we are going to be talking to a lady to whom consciousness in the brain box is a mere peccadillo. She understands the psychological motivations and the neurological causes for everything that happens in the domain of consciousness. That lady is Emma Kenny. She is over come her prejudices of our ridiculous show but <clears throat> and decided to come on the line but before that I, I trusted a tiny child to come up with an audio soundscape this is what they done Russell Radio professionalism that's what people want and that by Jove is what they'll get the competition to come and see me on my rebirth tour is now closed so now is the time for downcast glances now is the time for deep deep sorrow for that competition is sadly over but where the competition may have perished haven't you got to give the answer oh no we'll tell you later I'll tell you, do you want to know now what film was it in where I, where a person who's not me goes, this will never happen in my kingdom again. Now, sadly, no one on earth knew. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? Who knew, gal? We don't Loads no of people one. know. And we'll go and select you, and you'll be getting tickets to see me what in a show. The what was the answer? I'm not telling you. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and it's that little king geezer. He does it, doesn't he? He sits there. This is no, we, I have heard the rumours about the Kalimar. Kali, Kali, Kali. And people eating human skulls and stuff. Eat, well, let eat, me. Eat, eat, eat. It won't happen here again, will it? And then it is happening there again, and he made a liar out of himself. Look, a lot of people here are saying, Russ, Matt G, here's a confidence boost. You're doing absolutely fine. Also, Russell's toddler pants are alarming. Lots of love, Laura Marla from absolutely Derby. Thank you. Absolutely fine. That's not a great review. It's not, actually. That's like a comfortingly thing that you would say to a child who's fallen off head. his bike. Yeah. So, pat on the head. It's patronising. Who do you have in your phone book you could call, says someone here? Uh, Alan de Baton. We can't just call up Alan de Baton, can we? Keep doing what you're doing, you burks, which you know, if you know about rhyming slang, that's a terrible yeah, offensive word. We're all having a lovely time listening to you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Now, we're going to have a guest now, a lady who is a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a highly experienced TV and, TV and radio presenter. I'm looking at a photograph of her. She's a fine-looking human being. She's got an engaging style and manner, and hopefully she'll tell us, among other things... What the hell's wrong with us? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with us? Please welcome to our radio show, Emma Kenny, our guest. Hello, Emma. Are you there? I am there. Thanks Way. for having me. Yes. Oh, thanks for coming on. Emma, why did you ignore our overtures and previous calls? Um, because I gave you the wrong number. I basically gave you my office number because obviously I work such long hours that I forgot that I'd actually be home on a Sunday, basically. You know, we thought that we, it was because we're not good enough. <laughs> well, no, you can deal with your own self-esteem issues. There it was, a genuine mistake. We on thought my it was because we're bad boys. <laughs> Don't eat a banana. We want to know what's wrong with us. In what capacity? Well, all right, we'll start off like... We'll start off like... Oh, Emma Kenny. Emma Kenny. We'll start off like... What the hell was... Like, when we go into a supermarket... Yeah. Right? And you go all delirious and forget what you've come in there for. Why is that, please, Emma Kenny? Um, two levels. One, you've not planned. So if you're a planner, then you won't go through that because you'll have a focus. But the other thing is, it's a bit like informal mindfulness. So you're somebody, I think, who's done things like yoga, which is formal mindfulness... 
and that's creating flow. So when you go into the supermarket, firstly, you tend to be either on your own or you're kind of concentrating on whatever the task ahead is. So your thoughts are brought back to the present and that just means that you can kind of go off and wander around with your thoughts and have a little bit of peace, peace time and me time. So actually, it's pretty helpful and healthy to So you these. drift into a relaxed state. Is it yeah, a bit it's like a state of flow. It's a state of flow. Hmm. What people call, athletes might call the zone. What about, yeah. um, what about, is it a similar thing in an elevator when people in an elevator go into a sort of <coughs> trance-like state and forget their floor? Because I heard Paul I McKenna... Part of, it, part of it in an elevator, it depends on whether people are around you. If there are people around you, you tend to kind of retain consciousness and be kind of very present just because of the fact that you're feeling really awkward that you're in a close space with people. Mm, but yeah, if you're in a lift and you're just kind of listening to the elevator music... Then again, you're being brought back to the present and you're getting a little bit of distraction at the same time. So those kind of experiences definitely change the way that you feel when you're in those, you know, those environments, definitely. So, so Emma Kenny, we're triggered into different states of consciousness by external stimuli. A supermarket sends yes. triggers to us and it induces a, it's like a mandala, it's like a symbol, <laughs> an external symbol that triggers a certain state of consciousness, the same as the elevator. Matthew Morgan, you've got a question, haven't you, mate? Yeah, we were just speaking earlier about how you can develop sort of third eye and be aware of yourself externally whilst things are happening. Happening. What's that about? Why don't you do the example? Tell him an example. Well, when I'm looking after my children and I say something like, you know, don't do that, you'll hurt yourself, I sort of hear myself saying it as a third entity. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons that you do that, although that sounds brilliant. That's like an astral projection idea. But the side of it on a science level is just that when you think, your thoughts are like hugely, hugely premature to what you actually say. So you've actually had the thought, you've developed the language, and you've actually imagined the saying it all within the instant, tiny, tiny, tiny milliseconds that occur before you've actually spoken. It's a little bit the same as when like, you're having a conversation. There are some brain scans that show now that if somebody is talking to you and asking you a question, when you actually pick it up scientifically on scans, they're answering the question before you've actually asked. So it's a little bit like being tuned yes. into the radio when you're not actually listening to the radio, then you turn it on and you can hear the song that you're thinking of. So some people would say that's coincidence, but actually there's a lot of study now going into the fact that we are not telepathic in the context of, you know, Star Trek, but certainly we have premeditated understanding of what somebody else is experiencing and say it in before they've actually said it. I like you, Emma Kenny. You seem to be open to ideas that are outside... Succinct answers. They are succinct answers. <laughs> hey, for both. Uh, what, how long do you have to train to be... A psychologist. Well, it depends if I'm a psychiatrist, like you were saying earlier on. An extra eight years after a medical degree, but I've not done that. Um, so have I you done a medical degree? No, I haven't. You were saying I was a psychiatrist, so I would have had to have done that. Uh, what's but, it, um, no, what's psychologist. It? I did my initial degree, and then I did another eight years in therapeutic, so my psychological therapy. So I concentrate on like kind of more Jungian and uh, and Egan and places like that. So, so yeah. what you do, like, say, so, okay, so it's not it's, it's not gr grounded in medicine, but more in the like. It's, but you said you know a lot about Jungian psychiatry. Did you? Just yeah, say yeah. Psychology. I like more, more the dream analysis, more the whole context of like how we operate, oh, no. and more, more that side than I am um, Freud, for example. I Although, see. obviously, both incredible practitioners and amazing leaders in their field, just a bit weird sometimes, I think. What do you think about what Matt Morgan... Have you been listening to this radio show? Have you simply got better things to do with your life? Oh, I've been painting windows. That's not better. That's the I'm right. Listen, the house. That's absolutely right. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> the maybe some Miyagi type thing. It's got to be. Don't paint the window. The whole point of a window, Emma, is that you can look out of it <laughs> if you paint it. This is why I've not sold my house. This is the problem. And there's the pink windows downstairs and upstairs is the blue windows. <laughs> now, play school was a fine show when we were children, but you mustn't take it literally. You're painting. You're in the house trying to flog it, and you're painting <gasps> the windows. Humble in the lounge. You know about play school, <laughs> eh? I see. Big Ted, Little Ted. Big Ted, Little Ted, Humpty, <laughs> Humpty, 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 Humpty
I walked up to Luella Benjamin and had a proper near panic attack just because I was completely annoyed. Oh, I couldn't actually I loved Floella. Floella Benjamin's got a food range, I think. And why is Floella the only person that's called Floella so far she as we know? She's aged a day. Yeah. Ain't she aged a day? Get her on! Floella. Horrible, horrible artistic impression in her attic, without a doubt. You, you, I tell you what, what that's a reference to Dorian Bloody Gray there. That's a little <laughs> reference to literature by the great genius Wilde. Emma Kenny, <laughs> why do you think these shows go all mental and chaotic? What do you think happens? <clears throat> do, you know, do, when you're talking about the, a, a trigger such as a supermarket and how it can induce a particular state, what do you think happens to me, Matt G, and our uh, c- coterie of pals and producers when we come into this environment why do you think it suddenly becomes often sort of like chaotic and that's why i asked you if you listen to shows so you could think of particular examples but i'm sure you're aware of the fact that this show has sailed close to the wind many times even now mr g is wearing a don't <laughs> he was wearing a, a banana hat like that was that's actually to stop people slipping on the floor it uses the image of a banana which is evocative of slipping so what do you think happens in this room what happens to us why does it go so chaotic are we Agents because, of chaos? Um, because people who give each other permission to be who they are and give them that liberation will always get the kind of best impact and effect. So mm-hmm. most people tend to pocket times where they can just be truly themselves. And the great thing about radio as well, just per se, is it isn't that kind of visual experience. So people aren't looking in, you're not thinking about the things that you ordinarily have to do and exhibit in normal life, mm-hmm. which is the identity you have about your clothing and the way that you look. Actually, radio gives you something really special, which is that nuance of just the auditory experience. And when you're sharing that time with friends who just completely accept that your personality is as liberal and as crazy as it might be, and also feeds off your humour, then you're just in the perfect position to just be stress relieved and to enjoy the experience and just be free. And it's what everybody's trying to achieve. It's freedom. It's about freedom. It's freedom of expression. We're free. It's about freedom of expression. Yeah, it's about permission for everybody else to do the same. That's the other thing about just the media full stop, really. When people are engaged in an opportunity to just hear and then laugh and just have that freedom to express themselves and to be a bit daft, that's something that in Western civilization is needed more of because it's the one thing that actually makes us feel really happy. There's a huge amount of seriousness in the Western philosophy and it's not really good for us. So just allowing people to be childish and funny and intelligent and humorous and crazy all in the same context is something that's really great and everybody should do more Ooh, of it. I love this that's from very so, so, Emma, I mean, you're, you're basically saying that, like, there's nothing wrong in us enjoying ourselves, feeling good about ourselves, and just accessing all the pleasures there are in life. No, she's not saying that, Jenny. <laughs> what she's saying, that's freedom of flow. Now, Emma Kenny, you made a very good point. It's very petty. Put it in your bloody poem. Express yourself in there. <laughs> right, like, what I think, like, I, I thought that was very important, because in that James Baldwin documentary, I Am Not Your Negro, there's this bit where he goes, that he talk, he's analysing white America. It's very beautiful. I do recommend this film. He goes, yeah. um, he talks, the over-archive footage, actually of like what looks like a middle-class white american couple in a supermarket he says what is this disjunct between the private american and the public american it's like people don't know how to be who they are anymore we've lost our freedom like that tyranny takes place primarily in your own consciousness that there's a prohibition and not allowing yourself to be who you actually are like we are sort of policed by our own shame yeah. when i think about my own childhood i think that you know not uh, you know in many cases inadvertently I've, my parents are fantastic and lovely but like that's sort of, i've grew up feeling deeply ashamed about numerous aspects of myself and part of my personality i think is an attempt to explode the boundaries yeah. of personal shame yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it, but it takes quite a lot of self-actualization and self-efficacy to get to a point where you actually can own that, and a lot of that comes down to being able to acknowledge your troubles, and obviously your life has been one that's kind of had ups and downs, but has very much been trying by adversity, and that kind of holds a mirror to yourself that you can't stop holding. Matt just went... 
because of you nope. said my life's triumph over adversary. You can't have a life that's triumph over adversary. <laughs> Matt wants my life to be a sort of a decrepit old crap heap. <laughs> <laughs> but but on, on a serious note, I think what you said about Western philosophy full stop and nothing against the society I've been brought up in, but if we're really honest and you look at just children per se, so you've got a child at the moment who's going to go through the system. So pretty much prior to them going to school, as in the educational system, the Western educational system, pretty much system. Most, kids, most kids are on the genius scale. Mm. So it takes about four years after going to school for about 8% of them to display that. So 92% of them have it bred out of them. Oh, no. Taught how to, what? You know, you're taught how to be. Well, that's why Steiner and Montessori schools and schools that are a little yeah, bit more Montessori independent and individual are starting to really thrive. Brilliant. So what you're saying is true. But I've got to be a state level. They've got to be free for everybody. But I think... Yeah, I absolutely agree with you 100%. In fact, kinesthetic education would be joyful. Don't you think, don't you think, that, don't you think Emma, that, that that form of education is deliberate to create s- citizens who behave in a certain way rather than free-thinking yeah, 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 radicals? Absolutely. You're absolutely. some sort of radical. The whole, the whole premise the of that, that, the idea of um, creating a society full of chaos makes people afraid, but actually I mean, chaos... bloody awful. We don't have too much chaos. Them. It's got to be managed, hasn't it, this chaos? This is a little pocket, well, I mean, of course, <laughs> because like, <laughs> you know, all the actual chaos, technical I think, side I think radical and free thought, which is what you're talking about. The idea of allowing people to have their own you know, assumptions and presumptions. I mean, when you work in therapy, you can't help but try to enable that in your clients. The whole premise of it is, you know, you know more than you could ever imagine, but nobody has told you that yet. So my job is always about unlocking that, unlocking that potential. And in children, potentially, we do it the wrong way around. You know, they're full of it. They're absolutely incredibly full of creativity, uniqueness, and the ability to be divergent. And divergent is what we should all want to be. And then we set them down a trajectory, which is based on an education system that is taught by brilliant teachers, brilliant teachers who aren't given their own creativity to do what they'd really want to do to make kids thrive. So actually, it's all there. And there's not a lot that we need to change apart from to activate, like you said. We've got to activate their free, chaotic genius within them. Go on, Matthew. Absolutely. Russell, and just not I, be afraid of it. I think it's quite interesting what you're saying about like the joyousness and being and the freedom. But like Russell, you do touch your genitals and nipples a lot, especially when the <laughs> show goes really mad and when you're. And, that, and that, <laughs> I think that we're talking to Emma Kenny though. I've gone no, being serious in, in this no, bit. It's, it's in a sort I've of innocent <laughs> way. It's not. I'm not saying that you're stimulating <laughs> yourself, but like something <laughs> is stimulating you, and that's what you go to, right? You do it, yeah. and that shows that, that you're you're actually free in those moments. Free. It is about freedom. Yeah. That is around that because free. That's a good word. Yes, free. I'm like very a, free. Not a sex pest. I was just being free in the bar, scooting around, being all free in the canteen. No, but like what I say, I think you're right because like you prohibit yourself, like. Sort of self-touch is not something you do in for numerous social reasons. There are various protocols in place. So in this environment, I think, oh, it's nothing wrong if I like sort of, yeah, like, sort of t- I'm touching myself. But it's not in a sexual way. It's just like I'm only you here do with it my when, la- when you laugh, you do it. I feel male conscious because there are young women here, and I'm aware of myself now as a man that's 42. So I think like, oh, you better uh, rein it in a little bit. Get your leg off the desk, then. Uh, my leg's mean? going on the desk. Emma Kenny says I'm free to be whoever I, whatever sort of pervert I may well be. Now we're meant to play a record, but let's only. Well, one second, stand the line if you would, Emma. One sec. That was uh, Catfish and the Bowman, who I'm sure are really good. And if you enjoyed that, you might want to invest in a little liability insurance quote the same cover. Can your insurance do that? Search direct line, public liability insurance. New customers only qualify for a liability insurance. Underwritten by UK Insurance Limited. No, that's enough out of you. The London Food Festival Night Market is the perfect outdoor setting for long summer evenings of food, music and fun. It's a brand new food festival. You've got the DJ over by the bar. Just so fantastic array of 
And then this is what it. Emma's saying. That isn't really chaos. It seems chaotic because mm. of what we're used to. Yeah. It's not chaotic, really. We're in a very managed So context. if anyone thought that was unprofessional, <laughs> then you're a real square. You may have come across as a bit of a square if you thought that was unprofessional. Now, I'm sure that there are sponsors of the show that may need their uh, advert to be on at some point. In fact, just tell me their names, and I'm sure they're all fine products, and uh, I'll heartily recommend them. Like, for one bit, was playing a bit of Spandau Ballet, for example. Emma, I think you should become a regular friend of the show, because uh, I think you engaged well with us. Did, did she, oh, Matthew? I like the idea of that. Thank you very much. I'd like to have a private session. We want private sessions. Give Matt. Matt's always trying oh, to get something free. Will you give yeah. Matt some no, free psychiatry? I'll pay. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't want it, deal. because I already see a psychiatrist, as a matter of fact. I should be bloody clear. Um, okay, so <laughs> thank you very much, Emma Kenny. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Take care. You've been Thanks, brilliantly Emma. illuminating. We, we're all we're going to call you again. Is that right? Oh, good. <clears throat> Speak soon. Take care, sweetheart. She's trying to escape. Oh, she's trying was she? To get away. No. <laughs> oh, you're kind of you. Are you a friend of this show now? Oh, she's. <laughs> yes. <What? laughs> yes, actually, Russell's perfectly sane. Thank you, Emma. That's so kind of you. And so you'd say that I'm probably one of the sanest people you've ever... You do the Royal Variety. I think I will, actually, Emma. Well, bye now. You better go. <laughs> well, that's what we call professionalism. At home is Neil, the producer, that sort of works for Radio X right now. <laughs> Real frantic. And Matt, the sort of head of this whole little department, he'll be having a little panic as well, because when it comes to the crunch, it's the adverts what people get, people get uh, wound up about. Now, remember we did a competition earlier... Uh, about saying uh, who was it that went this never happened in my kingdom again it was Indiana Jones and the winner is Nick it wasn't from Indiana Jones and the Temple of the he, yeah, he never said it <laughs> he was saying things like shorty come with me oh no jump off the truck Something I hate like, snakes I never liked them snakes they scare me they're like a prehensile genital so uh, the composition winner is Nick from Reading so Nick well done mate well, is that a boy it's Nick or with a C girl? we don't know and does it matter man it's a girl is Nick the is Nick well done mate you sexist. That, well, that's less sexist to say well done, you mate. You say mate to women. Cause sometimes some, some I've started more. Do, and I, 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 I didn't used to, but now I do. I but don't know if that's more equal or less. It's more yeah. equal. When I was more a person that was switched on sex-wise because I was out in the world, like I was very gendered in my language. Nowadays, since I'm in a relationship and have a female child, I've really woken up to being more equal. And now everyone's a target. You really don't deserve awards. Don't <laughs> Where are our Aaron Brockovich Awards? Now to summarise this show, which people are already calling radio, let's listen to Mr G, Poet Laureate Woo! of the show, with this. Here he goes. Okay, this poem's called The Keys to the Kingdom. We can't just yell at the lock unless we visualise the key. Otherwise, the etiquette of silence won't ever set us free. Surely the volume of our apology can boost immunity. 
a collection of common unity combines to form our vitamin C. Mm. So with whose voice shall we speak that's recommended for you and me? Do we recognize the cliff's edge or heed the sequence of beeps? Mm. Or perhaps there's nothing left to say. If our third eye has its way, shall we delve deep into our true selves or remain darling buds of May? Surely embracing the chaos holds the keys to freedom's chest. For this is us doing our best on Radio X. Russell Brand. Radio X. That was the radio show. Wasn't it interesting? It was good, wasn't it? No, start now. All right. Well, we finished. What was Uh, that all about? I think it went rather well, Matt. (laughs) If anything, I think I came across as one of Britain's foremost broadcasters. I think it was absolutely mental. What was wrong with it? It No, not. Who said wrong? Ah, Ah, now I What are you saying, that mental's bad? Actually, good God, the way I look at the world has been turned upside down and inside out that and flung in a psychologist, ditch. Psychologist, not psychiatrist. Yeah. She That's was, right, man. We ev- look, being silly, mucking about, the way kids will naturally do it, right? I felt like I'm I'm there saying to my children, stop doing that, right? Don't, and mm. you just think, that's not who I am. Let them be their ludic, the ludic joy, the joy, yeah. the inner light. Let it come out, let it that's shine. And, so and the stuff she said about, like, you know, they start off being geniuses and then it's like... We the, de-genius yeah, them. We take it's the system, them. man. It's very true. Very I had true. the stuffing torn out of me Check by out, my like, grammar school. What, what happened? I said the stuffing got torn out of me by my grammar school. Then I had a mouthful of rice. <laughs> like, this bit doesn't sound as good as the first time. I said it. No, but it's true because when I do, when I do a lot of um, when I do a lot of stuff boy. like workshops with with kids and stuff like that, it's almost like you've got to re-engage them with their imagination. Like their yeah. imagination yeah, yeah, yeah. has been taken out of them. Well, that is the point. I mean, if you just look, let's not get. But shit. hang on, like, what about those kids who've not had any structure and be orderly? It's too difficult to go to kids' right, express yourself, and free yourself. You know, it's like the reason you're like that with your kids is it's knackering and intense yeah, exactly. to look after your children, isn't it? But no, so what suppose, was, but there should be little spaces of the day where you go, right, let's all go nuts for half an hour. Isn't and this playtime? is what this radio show and podcast is. This is a free space. That's where my wife goes out. Check this out, and you, you are plunged into Erin Brockovich land. This is from Ryan McDermott. Oh, my boys, my boys. That's the way it starts. That's like uh, Uncle Monty. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my, my boys. boys. How you happy I am. The end of an age. Check this, check it. How happy I am to have you back in my ears again. I'm a 33-year-old Aussie man on the cusp of his teaching degree, but when I first found you, I was merely a boy in his I early 20s. Him with that racist accent. Making a mess of his life. I was a bloody yellow. <laughs> <laughs> My parents was dags. <laughs> they was real I'm dags. I'm working for a headmaster called Flathead. Remember Alf and Elsa used to sell me stuff at the general store. <laughs> you know we belong together. Neighbours was me and home and away. Mr. G and Trevor, no matter where you are, I wake like a bra from the very first moment. I swam in the water that's home and away, bay. That's you, where I fell in and nearly got in by sharks. You think that you're going to take that opportunity of me freestyling out a brilliant home and away thing like that to drag us back to the Why murky was it called home and away? It wasn't a football Never got thing. mentioned, did it? Never got mentioned home and away. It's I mean, neighbours, you know what you're talking about. Now you're talking about that bloody time where you nearly drowned when you were living in Australia, which obviously had such... I wish we had a McKinney back on. It was on. cold and sharks lived there. Nearly died. Move along. 
it was a few moments. It was a little dip. Like I'll tell you what, mate. It was a long if time. I took a little dip like that, you'd say, "How was your trip to Australia?" I go, "I went swimming one day." And that'd be all I mentioned. <laughs> Matt Morgan, it's like hearing that story when they're boasting about stories in Jaws when they go, "Oh, they were all swimming around a boat. One bit my leg off." That's what it was like. Matt Morgan's Australia tale. He's gone back to his little bit of rice to comfort <laughs> himself. <laughs> I've got my rice, and my rice is nice. Come on, I'm telling you a thing. Look, because this is actually a very nostalgic and poetic email, because this guy's saying... Well, how would we know? You haven't even read yeah, it you yet. Yeah, you never read don't the emails. I try and read them, you and then... You just get to the beginning you first, and then you go off right, on one. Get on your side! <laughs> get to your feng shui corner! Over there. The feng shui's good here. I hate the feng shui. Why won't you sit... Why won't you, next baby, week, I'll try. get in the corner! Why do you want this us to move corner. around? Because you, this is a bad triangle. There are good triangles, and there are bad triangles. Yeah. You can start like us ganging up on you. It's wrong what for the is energy it? Be the honest. Show. Yeah. You should sit separately like that so I can coordinate properly. Then you've got to swivel your head between I them. like swiveling my head. Swivel it just a little bit. Won't you see me swivel Well, next it. week I'll sit over there. Right, next week on I the show, Matt's going to be sat really over there. You want me to sit over there. And yeah. because I'm a nice guy, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, you're going to do it. I'm going to talk to you as if you are over there from now on. Well, don't do that. It's very rude. Matthew, how dare you? Don't you look at me like that. <laughs> how dare you bear your genitals to me, one of Britain's foremost entertainers. You must have seen me on the television. Listen to this lad, because he's saying, look, he listened, when he started listening to us, he was 20, Four and now months. he's 33. And he said he's actually only been listening for 10 minutes. We've withered <laughs> his life away with our toxic content. Um, when I first found you, I was merely a boy in his early 20s, making a mess of life and assuming he knew everything. For a third of my life now, you've been there during my ups and downs, spreading joy through pin pins, belly bouncing and demands for eating fudge. You've been with me. There should be music under this. There should be Battle of Britain style. Mm, patriotic Well, well let's music. all just imagine it. Belly bouncing. Imagine it in your mind now. Now imagine me, I'm like a statue. Belly bouncing demands of fudge. fudge. You've been with me on flights between countries from my desk at work, on road trips across the outback, and while exploring. I've never felt more let down by your XFM <laughs> show. See, this is why I can't read the emails. Radio you see? Get to your feng shui! Get to your feng shui box! Read the email. How can I read it? I'm... How, when I have to tell a little anecdote on Go this on. show, you talk through it, you masturbate almost yeah, literally, you just do mad stuff. and I have to just focus and try and get to the end of it. You're reading out an email and you're having I'm interjections. Gonna I'm going to tell you something. Please do. When I was Please lonely do. in Los Angeles, I used to listen oh, to the old. Lonely in Los Angeles after yeah. kicking me out. Kicking me out, out, yeah. Where's all my friends gone? Matt, did, he, did, he ever, did he ever lock you out of his, his house? Shut up. Yes, Shut yeah. up. I'm being a, a <laughs> comedian. I know it seems like an accident, but this is deliberate. Go on then, we'll be quiet. <laughs> I used to listen to the podcasts that we used to do and I used to think, I love him. What, when, if ever I do another radio show, I will let him talk. I will listen to his anecdotes yeah. more properly and be quiet for longer bits of time. And then what happened? I realised that was wrong. <laughs> that the show is better if I remain in constant command and constant control. I don't talk over your anecdotes as much as I used to, do I? No, but... I'm just saying, you have to stay focused. It's not like you go, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. That would actually be brilliant. And now an anecdote from Matthew. Because do you know why I don't do that? Because you wouldn't like it. And actually, you think I'm interjecting, no. but what I'm actually doing is I'm holding I've... you up, see? I'm holding you up. What do you mean? I'm watching you. I'm some I'm old s- nan. <laughs> you're like a doddery old nan. Doddering through my story. You're not even... Do- you're on a stairlift. then? You're a nan on a stairlift. You're on the <laughs> stairlift and I'm like your carer coming up the stairs with you, giving you a little no, sip of tea. Talking about being a nan. Yeah. I was in Nando's. 
That know. isn't good enough. There better be a real nan in this story. <laughs> no, but they're saying I did that was nan-like. In, you're in Nando's and you did something yeah, nanish in Nando's. The noise nan was just a little bonus at the top of the story. I was just saying, <laughs> do you know what I did like a nan? I went to Nando's. If that had been it, I would have been That's so angry. Bit. I'd have shut down the podcast forever and I'd have gone to start a new life. No, I was in Nando's, right? Now, you probably don't know this, being a vegan and a snob. <laughs> 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 but when you're in Nando's and you get takeaway, you need to take the sauces away because they're the key. Yeah, Perry Perry. Yeah. You could see why that uh, might be difficult. Right. But what do you call the little containers that the sauce goes in, right? Giblets. I said to the man, have you got any little sauce pots? <laughs> you got any little sauce What pots? else can you call them? Perry dish. What did he Perry say? Perry dish. He'd say, he'd think I was a bloody surgeon. Got any little sauce pots for Nanny? <laughs> Nanny I needs said, a oh, sauce mate, pot. You got any little sauce pots? And it sounded like I was going... What the birds like at work here, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look in the kitchen. Oi, mate, I'm looking for a little sauce spot. <laughs> well, like, people who listen I'm a to guy the show, about town, right? They'll I know. Get, I've got needs. I'm a, I'm a red-blooded male. You got any little sauce spots? Because <laughs> I'll tell you something, son. I'm well out for it. <laughs> I just say, cut a little sauce spots. I'll take care of this. I'll be in my, I'll be in my Granada. Off ski. You won't see me with that, son, once I've got yeah, my I mean, sauce spots. I mean, it's a... It's a, a why well, I said that, and it's an antiquated bit of language. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, to you. It's... An antiquated. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Good night. Our new item, nantiquated. Have you heard people say something nantiquated? Then send them to us on the Russell Brand podcast well, using. I, I know, think anyone who yeah. goes to Nando's who's done that, I think people. What do you call it? Resonate with them because what can you? You could go. Jay can I get Perry some... Perry dish? No, no the I little, pl- little transparent plastic pots, right? You said Perry Perry dish. I heard you. You said, "Can I get uh, guys? Play it back and listen to it." You said, "Perry Perry dish." The only thing you can call them is little sauce pots. There's no other. I've tried. God knows, I've tried. Just say, "Boss, me up with the damn sauce." Oh, well, that's, that's gonna. So arrogant. That sounds like I want to say that. Could be in Nando's. Sounds like I want to gay sex with him. You have to be. Hey, boss, fix me up with a sauce. Up with daddy's sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry for daddy's sauce. Daddy's got some sauce for you. Yeah, it's out of control. Right. I, right, let's let's just workshop it. Okay. Well, imagine what, we're you... in Nando's now. I'll be the customer. Them. They're I'm like the this. Look, wait, wait. Yeah. They're like that. They're, they're a little, little pot. Tiny, so there's tiny nothing else pots. you can call I know. Them. I know what a pot is. I understand I'm Nando's, words. man. Hello. I'm English. Can I t- right, so I've taken you all. Do anything else ding. I can get you? That's the bell going. Ding. Hello. See, look, who's ever been in exactly. Nando's? Ding. That's, the That's the old thing. That's the doorbell. Been in a shop ding, for ding. 50 years. Good day, sir. Oh, great. Would you share me to my table, oh, Maitre D'? Is this Nando's? Where's <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nando's? Could I speak to Mr. Nando himself? And you're, sir, here's, gee, you can play the Maitre D. There's five pounds, sir. Show me to one of your finest tables and there's an extra guinea in it for you. So what else do you, what else do you want, boss? Uh, I would like uh, to speak to the main fellow over there. What main boss? Fellow. Did you just call me? They all call you boss. Because you made him a maitre d' and then you right, spoke to him. Like Get a, out. <laughs> shoe shine boy. Right, <laughs> That's how I talk to a maitre d'. I don't talk to no maitre d'. I don't talk to no maitre d's. There's, right. no, there's no politeness in Nando's. It's, it's, right, it's, listen, it's, it's doggy dog. It's food restaurant. Sir. I st- I've enjoyed my chicken breast no, and my you haven't. salad. You haven't. But it- You've ordered no. it and you're going to take it home. Exactly. Sir, I've ordered my chicken breast and I'm about to take it home. Now what I require is some of that sauce. Do you have, perchance, some kind of... Uh, Little... Tiny... Sauce. Cheeky... <laughs> winky, stinky, <laughs> dirty 
So you failed. Who's no, going to say on, that? Do this, ten do times. And there's a queue behind you. Remember, you're in Nando's. Stay Who's back, dirty wink, you motherfucker! I'll kill you. You could say, "Have you got any of those small containers for the sauce, sir? I need a receptacle for that spicy." Garnish. Yeah. yeah. Sir, Maybe I need you want a to receptacle. sound like you've come in a time machine from Victorian London. Good day, sir. I require a little receptacle. <laughs> my spectacle. <laughs> Good day. Sir, I don't want to make a spectacle of myself, but I do require a receptacle of myself. Okay. What do you mean? Do you want a little sauce pot? And then you go, oh, do I? <laughs> Not many. Oh, have you got anywhere to bake? Here, <laughs> yeah, give us a cuddle by the bins. <laughs> Anyway. Earlier, I was cuddling myself downstairs. <laughs> My willy done a burp. What are you going to say about that, mister? <laughs> well, anyway, it's very difficult. I'd Nandos. like people to, that was to email in piece. with what they call them. What do you call those sauce pots in Nando's? Sauce pots. Send that to, to yourself <laughs> mentally. <laughs> Let's send it to 83936 and we will discuss it next week. And also tell us your, what's it called? Nantiquated stories. Mm. Yeah. Because Matt, you to are have anecdotes. Yeah, so no, that's probably a bit of You are plundering your own past. Why not plunder your own past? I've done worse. How they son? Kings have done that. <laughs> Kings have done that. That's what you used to think when you see yourself in the mirror after, after having a downstairs trouser cuddle. Yeah. After a little bit. Of, right, come on. Let's finish this email. Yeah, you haven't read about yet. when you interrupt me. <laughs> this is from Ryan McDermott. Who's that? Aussie fella. Remember. Oh. He's had road trips across the outback, and all the while he's been listening to this podcast. I've shared tears of laughter at Rusty's Aussie live shows. Well, yes, they're very good. And you've expanded <laughs> my spiritual awareness through Trues, brilliant show, brilliant show, Revolution, great book, Under the Skin, what good podcast. So, yourself. lads, essentially, look, he's getting to the point now. This is my letter. Don't you criticise him. I'm not criticising him. This is my him, letter to you. say thanks for returning to the radio and for being my mates. Oh, that's oh. actually beautiful, Ryan. You, we are your mates. We love you. We yeah, love no, the that's, bit that's of you that loves email. us. Yeah. Love who he says. That's Ryan McDermott. Now, I done a vet festival. This is the other day. and it's in your ears, right? Mm. I've I've met people recently who say because they listen to the show, mm. they feel much more than like with someone who's in a band or something. They feel that they know, know you because it's so intimate. It's just voices in your ears. Well, they do know us because we're in ourselves. We're being for real. We're, we're like Jeremy head. Corbyn's of the radio. We're authentic. We're for real. That's why people like it. Do you know what I mean? Look at that bloody leg. I'm so sorry for the young people that had to be put through that. Now, what I was going to say, what was I going to park on about there? I had some interesting points about how I'm a bit like Jesus, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. No, like, I was at a vet festival the other day. Vet, like vet. Veteran, not veterans, veterinarians, veterinarians. There's too many syllables in that word. Vet festival, yeah. I go to vet festival sometimes. What of it? And uh, with Noel Fitzpatrick, aka Super Vet, he was doing a vet festival in a field. What's wrong with that? But you went with him? No, I went there with my my girlfriend, my baby, and my little dog. Hundreds of vets, all in a field. It was like a festival of vets and veterinary nurses. Hustling for work. No, I think it was to build their spirits up. I had to do a speech to build their spirits up. Why do you do speeches all the time? People like a speech. This is so weird. Do you weird. think I'm doing too many speeches? Yeah, but I, I think speeches, people ask you to come. Speeches. Why do people, they must think, you know, let's, let's put a bit of money on screen, let's get old Russell Brown And I never get it. any money for it. He never turns down a speech. Oh, I love a speech. And if you need me vet to turn festival. up to do a speech. I was at the vet festival, I've done a speech, cheered him up. Go, Hello, vets. Did you have a joke about vets? I bet you did. 
Well, actually, I made a, I, I fought, I fought went jokes in favour of an intelligent point about totemism and our relationship with animals. So the earliest religions and the of people mankind who booked were you were like, "What's he doing? We just wanted some jokes about budgery guys." I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't enjoy my uh, my reference to the connection of the divine between animals and mankind, perhaps you'd like to remember the Fools and Horses, where the canary died because of paint fumes in Denzel's flat. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. I'm off to Nando's. I'd like a reception full of testicles right up my vestibule. Thank you, vets. Thank you, Britain. And if that's not enough, Majesty, your late father and I would roam the palace corridors, our spirits by this time broken by the horrors of war. On finding one of the dogs, we would corner the hound and against its will on many occasions lift up its front paws oh, till it was stood vertically like a kind of man and then taking the emery board from my my inside jacket pocket would file the tip of that penis till it was completely flush like a broken branch in a storm. And I would do it again, Majesty, for Britain and for ourselves. That's what you said. That's right. <laughs> that was my speech. Went well. The vets enjoyed it very much, G. They were pumped, I thought. You'd go around doing speeches, schools, prisons, speeches. Yeah, because I've got to try and connect, isn't it? Got to try and connect with the. So you're doing speeches, I'm doing yeah. speeches. Why don't he do some Matt should do a speech. Well, speech. You know what Matt should do? Go on. A best man speech. Oh. I'll get out Because he is the best no, 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 man. This is all being organised on the podcast. All right, well, Your men are send little letters out. And Why don't you phone us up or something. Why don't you start giving speeches to the MMAs, the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society? Yeah, exactly. Society. They'd love you, Why don't man? we do an or event? We'll do an event for the converted. Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. I announce it hereby. Oh, for God's sake. We'll attend. We'll all appreciate Matt. There'll be effigies yeah. of Matt. Can I read it great. off paper? I'd have to do it. You probably can make money from it. What? <laughs> of course you can. Uh-oh. Charge tenner of pop. Well, Where would I... we do it, though? Yeah. I'll appear. Jill, do you speak? If I was single, I wonder if I'd have sex with all the women Of course you it. would. They'd be your wives. They'd be your Matt Morgan appreciation wives yeah, and the fellas who do it as well. Imagine having sex with someone who appreciates you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, joke. That's a traditional joke. I was heading in the direction of having sex with fans, and I thought, but like you did a very good thing, yeah, there, brilliant. Because he's been married a long time. Imagine having sex with someone who appreciated you. Very good joke there. Brilliant very good. Joke. All Fantastic. the relationships. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Very Thank professional you. joke. That's why this man's got an appreciation society. Yeah, you're amazing. We'll put on an event. Let's put on an event. Yeah, no, you are. I, I rate you. We're rate not seriously. doing the admin. There's so much stuff you should be doing, right? No, he's I'm lazy. I'm not lazy. I'm scared and shy. Yeah, but I mean, you can get over that. Look at him. He's like a little boy. He's rewarding. So he eats food. This is his tell. He eats food as little comforts oh, and little rewards. Yeah. I eat my little bit of food. Because then when we did the general... Do remember, I'm so fat. <laughs> do you remember when, when I made him do that TV programme? Uh, I can't remember it was Russell Brand got issues and he had to be Pete Zod General Zod's yes. nephew yeah, and he's Matt used to stand in the background hating every second and he said holding his dressing telly. room key live telly that was an Stupid absolute costume. travesty and it was a such a travesty of a show awful yeah. awful he would sometimes throw to me in the desperate moments he'd turn around with the sort of eyes of a captain <laughs> as a plane crashes and look at me and go <laughs> Captain's on, <laughs> and I'd have to go. And I wasn't even mic'd up. I don't think. We're going down. Yeah, you, had, you weren't. Well, they had to. Someone had Don't to rush four, over with a boom. Four, more four. No <laughs> more four. No more, more four. four. <laughs> what the hell is this all for? Falling down the four thermometer. See, you'd be good doing that interview, right? We're going to make this young man buck his ideas up. Yeah. you're having a festival. I'm for- allowed to have two gin and tonics. Yeah. No, whenever we sorry, we did no gin and tonics. Show, That's when the we rule. did that radio show live, mm. that was like bloody liquid 
bravery. Of course it was. Yeah, you were you're, drunk you're out of your mind. Though. You were really, really good. Yeah, but I right, tell the Matt Morgan, right, we'll wrap this up now. But do you remember when there you came will be the a Matt Morgan Appreciation Society event. Oh, there what? has been an amazing show. We got go up. on then, go on. When, when you say. came out and did the funny walk, every time you come out, you did oh, different yeah, funny walks. I came walks. out. No, yeah. I didn't. I came out the first time because no one had seen me for You could do all your characters. You did a Willy Matt Wonka Morgan role. Freeman. Yeah, 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 It was brilliant. You could do Matt Morgan. I did it because I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have the love of a crowd. <laughs> but the key He needs like, appreciation. Yeah. All right. Being so nice to me. It must be horrible to listen to. Matt Morgan Freeman. That, we'll do that. We'll do all those things. Well, Matt Mormon with his many wives. So you tell them, Jenny, if you would. The Matt Morgan appreciation. Yeah, of course I have. Get the Matt Morgan appreciation. Site, book a room and that will turn up in right. fact you know you can launch your Instagram site we'll launch it live no we'll build up to it to, up to, to, it. to communicate to them uh, I'll keep 90% of the money right so that's been the <laughs> Russell Brand <laughs> podcast <laughs> what a fantastic show it's been hope you've enjoyed it do stay with us give us five star reviews get us up those charts because that charts means power baby and power's what we live for bye I love you bye we love you we love do you. love you Russell Brand Radio okay.